We're here. Uh, Josh is just pointing at me now. Josh? I, I, I yeah, know we're here. Josh, we're here. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome to episode... You know what's funny? I just realized I got up to get my water bottle before, and I still left it over there. Good. Fucking dummy. Hey, guys. Yeah. Welcome to episode 115. 115 of You Watch, I Listen. Um, just so you guys, if you haven't noticed already, uh, I just finished up a great interview with the author of The Living Dead, Daniel Kraus. It'll be available on our YouTube page. I'm, I guess we'll put the audio on the SoundCloud at some point as well, Josh. Yeah. Um, but uh, his book, The Living Dead, is out now, co-authored with the great George A. Romero. That's the interview th- series, episode three. Episode three of the interview series. First one in a while. Um, yeah. Second zombie author we've interviewed, which is uh, interesting, Brian Keene. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we did Brian Keene yeah, first. At, that was, oh, my God, dude. That's like that episode was a, 70. That, yeah, that was quite a while ago, Jesus. but we just finished that interview. Uh, interviewed. We just finished that interview. Um, it was a real treat for me being a fan. Um, Taylor got here when it started. Uh, dog ran outside. He saved the day. Yeah, Her- well, Hero Taylor. So I'm, I'm two for two with you giving me compliments. One about not posting my pictures of the fish that I catch. <laughs> Dude, and it's the true, though. It's just, true. Because, listen, as much as we all love this dog, this dog doesn't know to shut the fuck up just No, yet. no, no. So, you know, I took her outside, and I'm walking around, and I'm like, I feel like I'm Stephen fucking Glansberg <laughs> sitting at your table by <laughs> myself. I'm, wa- I'm waiting for the landlord to pull up and go, what are you doing? What are you doing with my dog? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do appreciate that you don't post your fish, because if there's one thing I, I know I hate more, like more than any social media trend, including QAnon and politics, are these fucking losers that post their fish like it's going to get them some fucking pussy. Listen, the the, the only time I'll really post a fish is when I get like a fucking big one. Sure, if you got like a... a, Yeah, like, dude, literally, even Ben Shapiro would be like, oh, that's not going to give a one-ass pussy. Well, listen, like, like, if I caught, like, a 27-inch flu, like, I, a fucking bunker, that's huge. But I'm talking people that catch, like, a fucking four-pound bass who are like, look what I got. Four-pound bass is pretty big, dude. Okay, two-pound bass. There you go. All right, fine. See, four, I would have Four pounds is pretty big. I would still eat it. <laughs> like, you, you could, don't you, eat bass. You, I, I, you could eat sea bass. What sea? What did you say? Sea. You could eat ass. <laughs> So Taylor, how are you? Been there, done yeah. That. Uh, <laughs> Who's ass? You're. <laughs> how are you, Taylor? I haven't eaten your ass. Uh, not yet. Um, Wait till you fall asleep. Stop doing that. <laughs> Taylor, anyway. how are you? Um, uh, tired. Uh, I ache, and I just want this to be over with. I want to go home and sleep. All right, Josh. How All are right. you? <laughs> good. You're good. Um, how's the diet going? For uh, real? Diet's uh, diet's okay. All right. So I uh, I had a treat last night, and by treat I mean I had a tall glass of chocolate milk. Okay, that's a good treat though, because the milk kind of. It's still not the best thing for you, but if that's going to be your treat, there's a lot where, like, at least you can get a fucking McFlurry. Well, delicious, but uh, yeah, or a I'm frosty. Not trying, I'm not trying to push my <laughs> yeah, yeah. yet. But chocolate so, dude, milk is great. I had a, I had a massive, by massive, I mean, like, I had a pint of chocolate sure. milk. Sure. Right? I made and grilled I cheese with chocolate milk recently. That sounds gross. <laughs> no, it was great. That, why is it, that sounds like the remedy for the cold when you were six years old. It's the remedy for being a fucking asshole when I'm 31. Big facts. <laughs> but, like, I'm pretty sure, and we've talked about this plenty of times, I'm 99.9% sure I'm very lactose intolerant. So I just had... Dude, you've been saying this for seven dude, years. And every had, time you like you eat something or drink something, you go to the bathroom, you come out 20 minutes later, I might be lactose intolerant. And then you dude, drink a gallon of milk. Now. <laughs> what, Josh? <laughs> well, uh, Josh, are you okay over there? Yep. It's, 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 it's 
Okay. It ran into where the did it where oh. the theme was from last oh. time. So well, oh, so this is still a cold open. Yeah, this is still a cold open. Um, yeah. so Josh, see, tell, and, tell me fucked up. Josh, you said you're. We'll continue your shit ass story in a second. Right. Uh, guys, episode 115 of You Watch I Listen. This week, I'm going to be reviewing Danger Days by My Chemical Romance, and also we'll all be discussing Guns and Roses, Chinese Democracy, and Taylor. Yeah. We'll talk about adaptation. And Josh, watch it as well. We'll see you guys in a second. The You Watch I Listen podcast starts now. had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck yeah. A couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. What did he do wrong? It's time for the You Watch, I Listen podcast. And always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. With a met- with, uh, the metronome was there for a second. So, Taylor, you shit your ass after having chocolate milk. Yeah, so it was it was like an exorcism. It was the exorcism of diarrhea rose. Yeah, the, the, exorcism, the exorcism of chocolate milk. Like, remember that Rugrats episode where they're fighting over the chocolate milk? Yeah, I do. I Dr. Lipschitz was an asshole. Yo, like scumbag Lipschitz. Like, he's like, he's in, he's in the, he's trying to watch your kids and he takes a bath in your tub. Dude, he's a total snake oil salesman. He's like the, these, um, these pastors that like sell like holy water. They're like, this will cure you of cancer. Oh, will it? Will it? Yeah. There's still, a, if you're up late, like one night, do what I do. Stay up late and just, I just go through the channels. I just stand, stare there. Mindlessly, and you get to one of these guys that um, his name's Peter Popoff is his name, uh-huh. and he sells holy water. He sells a bucket of Bibles. Dead serious, a bucket of Bibles. That's a weird unit of measurement to sell Bibles. <laughs> he by. knows literally a bucket of Bibles. Wait, what is this family guy? Can I? What do you get this? A pallet of cake? no. It's like a liter of cola, a liter of cola, but a bucket of Bibles. A desk of Cheez-Its. And he would. Uh, he, he used to have his like big congregations, and people would come up, and he would act like he could like read their minds or whatever, and they'd be like, "My son has, um, you know, stage three lung cancer, and oh, I'm removing the cancer from his body." And these people pay thousands of dollars to see these jerk offs. Fucking hats. They're the, the war. There was like just recently these guys that were um, that ran a church and they were having um, a get together when things were really still on lockdown. Right, right. And they talked about how they got this new ventilation system in their church that kills 99% of the coronavirus. I, I heard about this. Despite no evidence of doing so. And they quickly had to retract it and apologize. And like he, That guy had the worst hype man imaginable. Oh my God. Well, let, let's be fair here. There's very few white folk, especially religious white folk, that can be good hype men. So the, <laughs> the, there was... Yes. The, get him. There was the only one time I could think of was when like this was like the coronavirus was like just popping off, and there was this fucking wacko with his piece of cunt wife, and, and like and like <laughs> piece like, of cunt, and like this slick back hair. It's like if y'all believe in Jesus, y'all ain't gonna get coronavirus. Uh, uh, yeah, oh my god! Remember, remember the remix video? Uh, I blow the winds of God. <laughs> yeah. 
COVID nineteen. Dude, see, like that that shit is. St- listen, as far as Catholicism, it's a fucking cult at this point. The yeah, well, Catholic the ca- church is a cult. Yeah, I mean, these people that like hide behind religion to they talk about their you know Q- QAnon and the kid touching and the child trafficking. Where are the, where have they been with going after the Catholic Church for the last fucking forty years? Yeah, well, that's the original QAnon. Uh, listen, man, JAnon. Nothing says praise the Lord more than hey, we don't have to pay taxes. Give us your money, and, and we're gonna show fuck up your every kids day on Sunday, or you go to hell. Okay, word. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Serious? And then there was something I found out. It was it was from Rogan's podcast. So how sure. true, how true can it be? Yeah. Was uh, that Catholicism was really founded on the on the basis of uh, mind altering substances? They said yeah. that when like what, what's his name? Who's the guy? Moses, Moses the burning found bush. The, found the Ten Commandments. It was ninety nine point nine percent likely he was tripping balls. Yeah. Well, they also said like well, they said a lot of the um, the type of grass that was around back then had a certain fungus in it that Eucalyptus? made you trip balls. Yeah, it made you trip balls, which what is probably what the burning bush was as well. I mean, it's it's not impossible to imagine, and that's not to say that the the moral of the story in the Bible. And I'm not trying to degrade what anyone believes, but it's not to say that the moral story in the that's what the Bible stories really are. Like it's a story, yeah, it's a story. It's supposed to have these like ideas of faith in there. If you want to believe them at their word, absolutely, you can. You can believe whatever you want. You also don't want to believe that dinosaurs existed or that dinosaurs walked with Jesus. Instead of that, we walk with Elias. They they really believe that dinosaurs walk with Jesus. That they think it's impossible. Dinosaurs could have lived sixty-five million years ago because the Earth was only created six thousand years ago. Oh, shut the fuck I know. Up. I, yeah, exactly. Mormons too. So hey, um, listen, man. Nothing. Listen, <laughs> Moses tripped balls. He comes down with ten commandments that we fall for. The dude, rest no of one time. didn't build an ark. He found the thing that Jack and Rose sat on, and he's like, "Come on, guys." David Gilmore takes acid and he writes the wall. Yeah, it, that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> but um, Taylor, how was your week? Uh, it was fine. Nothing, not, I mean, no, nothing really special to be honest with you. Josh, how was your week? He just nodded. Thank you. Good visual, me- good audio medium, Josh. Word. He literally just shrugged his shoulders. Uh, mm-hmm. My week was fine. Um, had a good little incident I told you about with a bear the other day. Uh-huh. Um, so they pick up our garbage Tuesday mornings. I usually take out the garbage to the can, to the street, like, you know, 6, 7 o'clock after sure. I eat dinner. I was like, oh, I'm going to take it out at like 4, just fill up the can, get some cleaning done. Um, so I bring out the garbage, and like I go inside, and like 10 minutes later, I hear like what sounds like something get knocked over outside. I'm like, oh, whatever the fuck that was. So I bring out the dog like 10 minutes later or five, 10 minutes after that, and I see the garbage completely knocked over. You saw a picture of cat litter, which is fucking great. That's awesome. All over the place. And Lacey is fucking freaking out, barking. I'm like, there's nothing there if it was here, but I could see wet paw prints because it just rained recently. Bring her around front, go to the bathroom. I come back around, and she's still barking. I look straight ahead on the other side of my car. Is this big motherfucker staring at me? Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I pick up the dog. I run inside. Uh, I'm like, landlord, landlord, you got to come see this shit. It's a big fucking bear. So we're looking at at him. He walks into the woods. We go back outside. I'm like, where is he? Then we see he's across the way at the neighbor's house tearing their garbage apart. Then this motherfucker with the mouthful of garbage just walks right back. The picture I showed like close yeah. up. That was a 500 pound motherfucker. Yeah, it's a big me- And then he just walks around. He's hanging out in the backyard. He literally just sat down and he just sit there and stared at me. See, that's a weird thing. And Josh and I grew up around this with bears. They're usually, what, late at night, early in the morning. When they're coming around that time of day, that bear has some fucking balls yeah, on him. Sucks. He's a little risky. Um, 
Um, so that was that was probably the most exciting thing about my week. I like bears. I just don't want to see them that close. See, where I grew up in Pompton Lakes, the only real bear incident we had when I was a freshman in high school, and there was like two ways for me to get home. Dude, when I tell you there was helicopters, no helicopters. <laughs> for there was, there was dude, there was helicopters for a bear. News twelve. They shut down three streets because and it's so funny considering how close you live to us that it was like a, a happening. But the thing is, like, like you you had, like you've been to my parents' house. So yeah, sure, you, like, sure. It's the essence of suburbia so like we're right on top of each other yeah yeah so a bear running through the yard is like yo what the fuck yeah is like going for, on for, here? for me and josh like we see a bear most of the time we're like oh like we've had all, all, i'm sure josh has had as many close interactions with bears as i have growing Dude, up the first i think it was like one of the it was the first night when i lived at greg's in west milford i was living in where your room used yeah to be sure sure downstairs and i just hear above uh, i hear below me it's just rustling like, all not even rustling oh just shit getting ravaged and i just like i opened the window i looked straight down and the the motion sensor came on and there's this fucking monster like black dude bear. and he just turns around and I go, hey hey because yeah. like, like if, if you Usually, yell at him well, I did that with that bear the other day I was yeah. like oh yeah. and he just he looks at me and he's like alright I'll come closer yeah, right. I'm like no this well, bear is fucking usually you just well, make noise they run away well, especially black bears they, yeah. they take off this guy this fucking thing turns around looks at me and Snorts yeah, at snorts. me. Snorts. He's like, I got garbage to go through. I, and then, I, and then the fucking it was all over the road. I remember shit. there was a few times you, me, and Greg had to go pick up all the fucking garbage in the road. Like guys were getting ready to go to work. We're like, uh, fucking terrible. Well, you know what they say, guys. Bears will be bears. I mean, no one else says that but us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm well, they, sure. I think they say it. Who the fuck is they? You're. I hate. <laughs> that's my new favorite thing. It's like, well, they say. Who the fuck is they? You know. Give me a name. You know. All right. So why don't we get that's into our, our reviews from last week? Uh, what do we want to do? Do we want to do the movie? I want to get albums? Chinese Democracy out of the fucking. Okay, mind, then we'll please. do the albums first. I'll start out with um with your album that you gave me first. Um, you gave me My Chemical Romances, Danger Days, and there's a longer title to it. <laughs> the uh, the fabulous lives of the Killjoys. Or sure. Something. Um. So this sure, album this album came out in 2010. Um. It was after Black. Parade. Uh, jo- I texted Josh actually, and I was like, because Josh is a big My Chem fan, and I asked him what he thought about it. I asked uh, Josh, do you like this album? Josh, and you said, no. Josh does not like this album. Yeah, he's not a real fan. Now, the, the specific reason I asked is because this album was very, very uneven for me. It is. There were some things I really liked, and there were some things I really hated. Okay. Um, specifically, Bob wasn't kidding with the Na 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 song. It's not the whole fucking it's, song. No, it's not the whole song, but. It is the the standout of the song that it, it's just it's an annoying song and the music in isn't isn't in bad but the na na na's are annoying and when I heard jazz hands I'm like I can't do this shut so, up and let me see <laughs> jazz yeah, yeah, hands that, anytime you add in jazz hands it. or spirit fingers I'm out so na 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 got a one um, I like bulletproof heart bulletproof heart I gave a four that's yeah. a good song sing is a good song sing I gave nice. that a three that was their biggest radio hit I despise with a burning passion planetary go because I liked it better when it was called power, power man 5000s when worlds collide that's the same fucking chorus I'm like what is this that's a really really bad song nah, I, it, I like it I, I'm sure listen if you're a fan you find reasons to like these things sure. that one didn't do anything for me I, I really hated that one more than nah 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 that got a zero wow. uh, the only hope for me is you was a good song. That was a four. Um, th- then it's the interlude with the guy from um, Mindless Self Indulgent talking. Um, then you have uh, Party Poison. Really like that. Punk's yeah. down to it. That's a five. Um, Save Yourself, I'll Hold Them Back was a four. Good song. The song that surprised me the most that I liked, because it, it definitely has more of that like, indie sound to it that I thought I would... Uh, that first time I heard it, I'm like, I, d- I should hate this, but I kind of like it, was Scarecrow. Scarecrow's I gave nice. Scarecrow a three. Um, 
I love Summertime. Summertime was great. That was a five. Destroy It was three. It was more of a straight-up rock song. Destroy Yeah, it was like Destroy a straight-up rock yeah. song. Three, I'll give that one. The Kids from Yesterday is really good. I gave that a four. It actually really reminded me of David Bowie's Heroes. It had the same kind of tone to it, like of the actual sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, ah, I didn't even think Yeah, about when that. you listen yeah. to it, I'm like, oh, this sounds like Heroes. All right. Um, then you have another interlude. Um, Vampire Money was awesome. That's a five. It's a punk rock song. It's an anti-war song. That's a great song. We don't need another song about California. I give a four. I ended um I didn't really love the first half of it. Even though I like Bulletproof Heart Sing, I think I've heard so many times, and I hated Planetary Na 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 so much that the top half of it kind of hurt the back end of it, but I ended up liking it more than I thought I would considering how it started. Sure. Um so you know, I, I also to be fair here, I was not a huge fan of the Black Parade. It grew on me, but I also admit I'm not a big fan of the rock opera kind of style. Right. I have my I have exceptions to the rules, but my biggest thing with my chem is that I thought after um, Three Cheers is that they got a little more heavy-handed with their lyrics, although they became more musically structured and sound and tight. Um, I'm going to give this album a three out of five. Better than I expected. There's some really, really good songs on here. Ooh, this is just make sure she doesn't pull no fucking chords. I'm sorry. No, you're good. good. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, it's fine. I dropped my notebook anyway. Good. Fuck that notebook. Uh, so wait. Uh, so three out of five. I want to go back to. Oh uh, nah, 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 nah. yeah. I, I I understand. I get it. First yeah. time I heard it was fucking lame. It, I'm one, sure it could grow on you. But my thing is, once when you hear that song live, it, I could totally see that being a great live song. That's that's what it's written for. Yeah. You know which, what I mean? It's an anthem. It's an anthem song. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I love about this record. I I well, I love most records that have intro songs that go directly into the first song. Sure, which is and, what they do there. Which is, you know, Look Alive, Life Sunshine, sunshine yeah. is fucking amazing. Um, when you watch the music video, I watched the music video for that song last night. It was like, again, it's so different because the Black Parade was all this gloom and doom and it was this, you know, black and white and this sure. marching band. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. But then you come to this and it's this fucking otherworldly, it's like a Mad Max meets a Star Wars type yeah, of story. Uh, de- definitely. And I, I again, I, I liked it the more I listened to it. I really do like the back half of it. After Planetary, I think the album really kind of hits a stride. Specifically, when they the, the sound kind of changes, they go from a punk rock sound to the uh, Destroyer, which is just a rock song. Yeah. To um, Vampire Money is is awesome. So That's a great great song. I my my big my big issue with people who don't like this record, and again, Josh, I, no, not I, listen. <laughs> he's at least listened. He first of all, people people who listen to my chem now and know their back half, Three Cheers, Black Parade, and this, sure, don't know what the fuck you know. Uh, uh, vampires and Turnstiles. They don't know. They don't know that. Record. Drowning Lessons is my favorite My Chem song. I love Drowning Lessons. Cru- like, was it Crucibles so, or whatever? Yeah. But so, so my whole thing is that I think it's wrongly hated. I don't think it should be reasons. hated. It should not be hated. Because again, like I said, three albums in a row, three completely different and records, completely I, different styles. I could sense on this album that they almost sound a little because it's not a bad album. It almost sounds like they were a little burnt out creatively. Although they took some different directions, you could see that after they do. As much as I may not love. Black Parade. It is a. It's a. It's they an were, opus. It's they a, were everywhere. Yeah, they were everywhere. You could. I could. There, there is a little bit of like. Even sing is kind of of. Um, it's a lazy song. It's fine. It's good for what it is. I think. I think both that song and um, Planetary. I know. I know Planetary was on the soundtrack of some sports game, and I heard it too many fucking times. It definitely was. Because I just it was on a Madden or something. Uh, yeah, it might have been on a Madden. But um, Josh, why don't you like this album? Because you had a very specific reason. 
So, okay, so my favorite My Chemical Romance album is uh, You Brought Me Your Bullets, uh, I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love. So I'm in it right from the very beginning, sure. right? And you go from that to Three Cheers to... Black Parade. Black Parade. And Black Parade was just so ambitious for the type yeah. of band that they were Big before facts. it. For sure. Um, and I thought that they hit the mark. They fucking knocked it out of the park Nailed with, that, with hit- that record. And it's to me, it's a damn near perfect album. It's not my favorite from them, sure. but it's damn near perfect. And when Danger Days came out, I was so pumped. I was so pumped. Because like, I kind of felt like they were kind of okay. sticking with the concept thing. You know, I dug it. And then I listened to it. And like, Na 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 is the first song you hear. So Na 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 is the first thing you hear. You don't it, hear it anything It gives you a else. bad taste. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then I listen to it. And you might get mad at me for what I'm about to say. Probably will. <laughs> I listen to it. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's St. Anger. <laughs> Well, how dare you? Well, well, let, let's be fair here because we're going to talk about a little uh, something somewhat related to whatever. We have a dog soundtrack um, related to Saint Anger here because Josh, you gave us the challenge of revisiting and I'm mad I did a, a hotly, ta- anti- I guess, quote unquote, hotly anticipated album called Chinese Democracy by Axel and Roses. There was no Guns and Roses here, so uh, Taylor, I want you to see what I wrote on my notes. Yeah. What does it say? You fuck you shit ass. I wrote that. Okay. (laughs) This album is ass. Okay. It's really bad. Now, musically, it's fine. It's passable. Mm. Everything else on it, it tries so hard to be this like fucking profoundly intelligent album. I gave a song a five that was... No, actually, sorry. I wrote negative five. (laughs) (laughs) Negative five. I thought I was doing five ironically. It's Because I see the dash. Negative five. Madagascar is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. There's literally three and a half minutes of Martin Luther King speeches, movie quotes, and it's nothing against MLK. It's why is he part of three minutes of this song? I'd rather them just play Play sound clips from the movie Madagascar. <laughs> this album is awful. Taylor? Uh, yeah, it's really bad. It was bad 12 years ago when it came out. And guess what? It aged like milk. It's yeah. fucking awful. Dude, it's, listen. Now, I, to what? To, to your point, musically, there is some good Buckethead's a good guitarist. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's a good guitarist. Yeah, with the shit gimmick. Oh, sure, sure. Bucket on my head. But, it's like, but like in the middle of a song, like when it's building up to the chorus, it's yeah. just a random... Yeah, or like yeah, a lick. Yeah, no, it was cool when Tom Morello did yeah, it in the yeah. 90s. Yeah, Fuck exactly. Him. But my whole thing is that there is, there, there is very passable music in here. It's just Passable is the right word. Listen, if an album makes me want to listen to The Spaghetti Incident, you know it's bad. Like, The Spaghetti Incident is one of the worst records of all fucking time. And that's the album where Slash, Duff, Steven Adler, all of them said, yeah, no, we're good, dude. Did you rate the songs? No. Okay, did you rate the songs, Josh? No, because there's no no point to rate the fucking songs. Okay, so Chinese Democracy is a one. Um, Shackler's Revenge is a one. Better. A fucking zero. <laughs> that is some like like that sounds like it should be better. That, that is some rock better. Uh, better. Like, I, wait, first of all, I heard that song. I'm like, this motherfucker was listening to Blondie for about three months, <laughs> dude. It sounded like he wrote that it sounded song. like it's another one that should have been on like uh, a sci-fi version of the movie Rockstar. I, I you know you know what that was on that that, that could have been the intro song to fucking Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Yeah, exactly. That's how bad um, it was. Uh, wait, street. Wait, wait, hold on. Uh, so I want to go back to the beginning. I'm going to add up your total score. Okay, fine. You're gonna well, it up. Yeah. One and there's 14 songs on this. One Chinese democracy. Chinese democracy is a one. Shackler's Revenge is a one. Better a zero. Street of Dreams. I wrote gay ballad. Zero. If the world. Zero. There was a time. Zero. Catcher in the Rye. Zero. 
Scrapped, one. Um, Riad and Bed Bedoins, one. Sorry, zero. IRS, zero. Madagascar, negative five. This I love, zero. Melodramatic garbage. Fuck you, Axel. And Prostitute, I didn't even put a number. It's a one. <clears throat> this album was so bad. And it, it begged the question, would I rather listen to St. Anger? And I immediately put on St. Anger, and it sounded like I was listening to the White Album for the first time. <laughs> it was, it's, this is that bad. And when you look at, like, the Wikipedia, when you go to, like, reception, mostly positive reviews. And I said, Why from who? who? From who? Was Axel's mom reviewing it? That fat fucking slug? Who does he think he is? Yeah, who what does, a yeah, no, cunt. Who does he, th he writes an album like this, and he's like, oh, I'm going to go sing for ACDC because I'm good enough. No. Fuck off. You're not. You're garbage. Um, so what's my score, Josh? Your collective score is zero, and that's mostly <laughs> because of the negative five. I was hoping you would get at least like a no, one or dude, a two dude, collectively dude. because I was going to pull up this fun stat. I figured that you would probably be around like maybe two, maybe three collectively no. for all the songs. It hurt The me. stat was going to be that the score overall was lower than the number of guitarists on the album. How many guitarists? This, on the album. This album Four? featured seven <laughs> different I just thought about, when you said zero, I just thought about an animal house. Zero and Some point of these guitarists zero. are, are all-timers. Uh, so you've got Sebastian Bach. Great guitarist. You've got Brian May. I feel like Sebastian Bach and Brian May walked into the studio, Wait. took one listen to Chinese Democracy, the song, not the album, and were like... All right, Axel, we're out. Yeah, we're Good out. Luck, dude. Sebastian Bach, like the lead singer of Skid Row, Sebastian. Yeah, Bach. yeah, I don't. I think he's the only one. Um, but that's why, like, he plays guitar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he doesn't does. play guitar. He's a lead singer. He is actually a very good guitarist, yeah. believe it or not. Very good guitarist. Uh, a good musician, actually. So crazy. This album cost thirteen million dollars to make. How much did it make? Does it have a number on that? How many it, copies um, it moved? It definitely so it it made moved. a lot of money. Well, it probably got inflated numbers because a rock star came out on Josh. Or guitar hero. So this is just band. including uh, copies. Okay. Sold. 1.3 million. Oh, wait, no. So, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. So one point. Sorry. Sorry. One, Best, one point. Buy, Best Buy bought 1.3 million copies to sell. Okay. So that counts technically, it's I guess. Plan. In America, it sold 261,000 copies. That's bad. That's a lot. That, I'm proud of every single one of those units. <laughs> yeah. That's. Oh, my God. Um, is it Trapped? Trapped has sold more records. In Europe, <laughs> no. in Europe it was a smash hit. Okay. Of course it was. It yeah, of course sold it was. 2.6 million copies. That makes sense. In Europe. Because like Europeans and Rogan was just talking about this recently. They think like like Krokop, one of the most deadly fighters of all time. His walkout song was Duran Duran. <laughs> like they're not like heavy Europeans like some weird shit, man. They like some bad it's shit. So fucking trance, dude. And uh, yeah, this album was really painful and I it really gave me a new appreciation for Saint Anger. It did not enter the Billboard Top 200 what? until 2011. So 3 years later. When Best Buy Put it on clearance for two dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and that was when people stopped buying CDs too. <laughs> yeah. They were like, "We got to put something in a Christmas stocking." Oh, he wore a Guns N' Roses shirt once. Let's get him this. <laughs> oh, it's actually like a pretty cool album cover. Oh, it's a really cool album. It's a cover. cool album cover. It's a cool name of an album, and then you listen to it, and you're like, "Whoa, yeah, this is the guy who wrote Appetite for Destruction." Yeah, one of the what the fuck? one of the, like the the greatest albums of the last forty years. Yeah, and he wrote one and of he the wrote most overrated songs of all fucking time. Overplay, overrated is hard because it's overrated. like when I. I see. I 
I, I, that's Appetite like, is great minus that song. But see, this is the thing. It's it's like the argument I've had with you, like, smells like teen spirit. It can't, like, endure this long being overrated, overplayed, and maybe not for you, but it's endured, and it stood, it's it got transcended how many generations I, now? I, I Listen, I don't I It was in the San Andreas trailer. I need to hear the... No, I'm with you. Every fucking single time someone scores a goal. It's one of the... I agree with that. It's also... They have one of the best covers that's ruined by a stupid interlude of a phone cover with knocking on heaven's door. It's a great cover, but then that stupid fucking like phone call in the mi- middle of it. That's one of my favorite Greg lines of all time. And he goes, you know, Guns N' Roses, they're a great cover band. They are a great cover band. They had a few really... I also don't really like Purple Rain. I know that's kind of like people love Purple Rain. Doesn't do it for me. November Rain. November... Why did you say no, Purple Rain? Excuse me. Oh, I meant November okay. Rain. No, that I love Purple Rain. That was fucking no, no, no. I'm sorry. I don't like November... I love Purple... We talked about Purple I, Rain. I, I like November so, Rain. Uh, you know, Appetite comes out, right? You know, obviously yeah. none of us are born yet. Sure. But, like, you know, we can kind of follow through... Uh, the, le- the, the the career, the trajectory sure, sure. of Guns Dude, they, N' Roses. They were the biggest band in the late um, 80s in fucking L.A. You have Appetite for Destruction, which is a incredible album. Yeah. Very well written. Obviously, Slash Structured perfectly. all-timer. Yeah. Axel had really, really good songwriting chops right at the very beginning. And he was a great frontman in general. he got pretentious. As oh, well. he fell so in love with it. Fast. He fell in love with himself. Well, the thing is, and Use Your Illusion is pretty damn good. Yeah, that's a very good but album. But the thing is, is that, like, but then you go from that, and then, like, exactly what you said, pretentious. Like, uh, who was it? I think it was Duff McKagan was talking all these yeah. like, Guns N' Roses stories, and he was like, yeah, when they were doing the November rain shoot, like, he wanted that, like, you know, he wanted to Ugh. stand on a mountaintop and have an eagle land on I, his shoulder. Oh, my God, like, an eagle. And, and he looks at him, and he goes, I swear you just, took the form like, of an like, eagle. Like, get the fuck out of here. And that fucking song still, if you watch that thing, he, he jumps off an aircraft carrier and he's swimming in the ocean with dolphins. I know and I, I don't like that song it's too much like pomp and circumstance and I it's like a very it. well structured song like it's the music and it's great remember remember alright I tell you what that was cool 1989 about 1996 everyone was over it. yeah well literally Nirvana came along and was like fuck hair metal <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> alright Taylor let's get into the movie alright Josh so you watch it as well I did right, so, and, you, so you gave me adaptation starring Nicholas Cage times two, Meryl Streep and other people, and yeah, Chris Cooper, the great Chris Cooper. Oh, and uh, and actually, the best part of this movie is uh, the Brian Cox. Brian, yeah, Brian Cox. He's always the, the best Brian. part. He's always the best you part in any stupid s- motherfucker. He's like, so he's fucking funny. I'm like, yo, dude, Logan Roy is pissed off in this movie. That's fucking great. All right, so Nicholas Cage plays the screenwriter Charlie Kaufman, and he also plays his piece of shit garbage brother, who's actually <laughs> much more successful than he is in not, a very no, short amount of time. That he's because they they talk not more successful. He finishes a script before. He could. I mean, at this that's point, that's more they, successful. They, well, no, they acknowledge that being John Malkovich was done. They acknowledge well, that, he had that, success that, with that. that. So that was in the beginning. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. You see the set. They, there's the flashback of him on the set of it, talking yeah, well, to the women. Th- that's how the movie opens. The movie opens, and it's John Malkovich yelling at everybody, and you just see well, Nicholas Cage as in the a, background. As a like, huge fan of that movie alone, when I first saw this, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Because it was still a little like underrated at that point, critically acclaimed, but not many people knew right. it that well. So uh, I tried to take notes throughout this movie, and I was so. Bored throughout really? the movie, and it's listen. It's just it's a very boring movie. I got. I boring remember, is I, not I, anything I've ever heard someone say about. I it. was checking the timestamp. I was about an hour and five minutes in, and I was like, Jesus Christ! I have another really fucking hour bored. left of this. I was I was honestly bored. Um, you know, he's trying to adapt a screenplay from a book that Meryl Streep's character wrote about orchids and this guy, LaRoche. LaRoche was actually pretty cool. Yeah, he won Best Supporting Actor for that. He was very good in it. He was Joe Exotic before Joe Exotic. A thousand percent. Yeah. And uh, so 
the, here's what I wrote. So I, I tried to take notes, but there wasn't anything remotely interesting in this movie. Actually, I laughed at the at the at the dude getting eaten by the alligator. Oh my god! That when Chris Cooper great. gets fucking devoured, that part was fucking, fucking hilarious. And I also said, without Spike Jones directing this movie, it would get a zero. And but also due to the originality of the concept, the, the acting way, is great in it. The way in which the story is written and constructed, that it's very Spike Jones. It's a little all over the place. It's a bit eccentric, yeah. but that's kind of how he's always been. Like movies like Her, sure, sure, being John Malkovich. Obviously, yeah. Um, I really didn't like Nicolas Cage's character Kaufman at all. There was nothing oh, redeeming I love I, about well, him. Well, no, he's not redeeming. I just found him interesting. I understand, uh, but there was nothing to me that warranted me even sympathizing with this guy. All he does, he's, he can't finish the script, and he jerks off to every single female in his life. <laughs> I do. Been uh, there. <laughs> they, but there's there's so many things happening and really not happening all at the same Fair. time. You know, he's constantly talking to his tape recorder. Ideas, you like know, manic. Right, exactly. And then his, uh, you know, his, his brother shows up on the set so for the that he's working at. Um, actually, the other best part of this movie was a very young Maggie Gyllenhaal. But she um, looked good before she, like, aged very poorly. Yeah, She's thinking yeah. of aging like milk. Aging like the most milk. unrealistic part of The Dark Knight is when Heath Ledger calls her beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm a little fighting you. And you I, are I, beautiful. I, I like yeah. that. But uh, my whole thing is, like I said, it's, a, it's to me, it's incredibly boring. The last, and Josh and I talked about it briefly. There's the last twenty minutes is when it gets fucking. Yeah, nuts. that's when it picks it's up. When it turns into a uh, Meryl Streep cheating on her husband with this crazy fucking swamp gator guy who's who's. It's not alligators this time. In it's Miami. a swamp gator. It's, it's orchids. Yeah, it's fucking orchids. It's about flowers. Whoa. Well, he's trying to write a book about flowers. He's like, how do you write a f- book about flowers? And he's like, I don't want anything interesting in it. Yeah, nothing. Which at is all. where he came up with writing this story. Sure. And I, again, I understand that, but. Uh, this movie gets a resounding dose. Josh, what do you think? Uh, I liked it a lot. Um, I thought that it was a really good character study in terms of, you know, you've got a guy with obvious mania. Yeah. A um, little autistic. Yeah. His hair was gross. I know. The landlord kept going, I can't look at Nick Cage in this Dude, movie. He's I, so gross. His he's wearing a fat gross. suit. His oh hair was gross. It looks like Brillo. <laughs> the, the scene where he's meeting with the studio executive and he's just fucking sweating profusely. Dude, I know. And he's just like, oh, yeah, you know. So, and so. this is one of these ep- ones when you can actually see Nicolas Cage oh. is a very good actor. So yeah. there was one part that made me laugh so fucking hard, actually. was so he, so he goes, he's having trouble with writing. He can't finish the fucking script. And he goes to this writing seminar who earlier in the movie, he yelled at his brother, he goes, seminars are for... Yeah, yeah, pussy yeah, yeah. is no one. I almost said a really bad yeah. word. And uh, so he ends up going to the seminar, and it's led by Brian Cox. Who, his small part is great. It's fucking great. And so during while the lecture is going on, and Brian Cox is just yelling at these people, he has this inner monologue. That's the only thing I really liked was the inner monologue. I always like stuff And he like says that. no inner monologues. No, so literally he goes, you know, he's talking to himself, and as soon as he gets cut out, you hear, you never fucking write a voice <laughs> overlay. Any dumb motherfucker can do that. <laughs> and it's just like, it was cut off by him saying that, and I was like, you know what? That's fucking smart. I, Very I clever. like that. So, um, but yeah, other than those handful so, of things. So for me, the, the you know, there's a lot in the movie that I like. There's one part that really stands out to me that kind of like sticks with me. I I don't know why it's just kind of dumb uh but it's when meryl streep is trying to figure out uh chris cooper's character and she goes to the uh to the seminal uh nursery and she meets the indian guy okay uh oh yeah, yeah. he's like there's a sadness in you <laughs> Yo. and she's so like awkward oh i'm just i just woke up i'm just tired uh you know i i, I wanted to i forgot the guy's name already it's like uh i wanted to talk a little about him and he looks at her and goes i'm not going to talk to you much it's the Indian way. 
that dude. I laugh so hard when he just rubs her hair, yeah. and you find out they're all just fucking high off their ass yeah. off the orchid. So what would you give the movie on the scale of one to ten? I give it a seven. Seven. That's fair. Yeah, it's one that um, I, maybe it's because I'm I. It's sticking with me more now as I'm trying to write a fucking screenplay, and you realize how fucking hard it could be. And I can't even imagine trying to adapt something. Right. When you're reading a book, especially one that has no real true concept to it, it's just about a guy that does this weird shit. And I thought Cooper's character had some interesting layers. You thought he was just this hillbilly that he didn't take care of his teeth, and you find out it was a car accident where his kid and wife died, and he just never his got him died. fixed. His mom died. It was his mom. That's right. And his wife was in a coma, and um, his, she divorced him after that. I thought that was really interesting. Cooper, was, he's been a, like an underrated actor for a long time. I always love him in The Patriot. Yeah, we, advanced, uh, we, uh, we had the high ground on him, and they advanced on us four times. I have the high ground, Anakin. All right, cool. Oh, so, so, so Taylor, before I give the pick, I do have to ask, did you watch Boys State? No, I did not. All right, there we go. Because I did have that down to talk about. Because you said you were going to watch it. Your movie pick for this week is Boy State. Yeah. No, you're going to love this, dude. All right, so Boy State, Josh, you just watched it as well. Yep. Um, it just came out on Apple TV Plus this week. It's an A24 documentary. They've only done a handful of documentaries. They did the Amy Winehouse documentary, fantastic. Okay. They did one about the great Brian De Palma, which is also fucking great. Now this one, it's called Boy State, and this is um, it's called Boys Girl University, I believe, in Texas. They take about eleven to twelve hundred kids every. Year and put them in this school, and they put them in there, and they split them up into groups to form their own government in the Federalist and National Party. They have to figure out their platform. They have to figure out who their um, their speaker is, who's going to be their governors, their mayors, and things like that. And then they have to hold an election. And it focuses on a few kids specifically, um, all from different backgrounds. One is like the traditional rich conservative. One is this kid who is obsessed with politics. has a very interesting story. He's a, a uh, has no legs. His arm is deformed because he. Meningitis as a child, okay. um, and then there's a kid that uh, is the child of immigrants who is basically a Bernie bro. He's a liberal, but he's going to this area where it's mostly conservative kids, and he's like, "I want to be the one to lead this." There's a few other kids scattered throughout, but you get to see this incredible way that these kids—they kind of um, all from different backgrounds. The, the the kid that was the speaker, the the gay black kid, was a fucking riot. He he killed me, but um, you kind of almost get to see. And in some ways, it's a little scary because you get to see how the next generation of leaders is already being having these divisions put amongst them. There's no real politics to it. Some social issues they talk about, but it's mostly about how they got to this point to hold this election. You get to see the early political games of how we can sabotage this person that's running and make them look bad. The one, the one kid I thought I was going to hate, and I ended up liking him towards the end of it. And when I, I, sent, I sent you the list of people that have gone to this, Taylor, mm-hmm. it's wild. It but you had list. politicians, you had uh, political figures like Rush Limbaugh, you had Michael Jordan, Heinz Ward, James Gandolfini. Um, It's pretty fucking crazy when you look at it. It's only about an hour and a half long. Absolutely enthralling. And some of the... I ended up liking liking all the kids by the end of it when I didn't early on. So my pick for you this week, and I can't wait to talk about it, is Boy State. All right, sweet. I'm actually... uh, I'll watch that, sure. Well, I mean, I don't have a fucking choice now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, true. So the album, uh, the album I picked this week is actually uh, a band I just started listening to within within the last week. Okay, cool. Um, they came out in 1995, and after listening to their first album, Slaughter of the Soul, the band is called At the Gates. And let me tell you guys something. Josh, it's called Slaughter I, of the Soul. The album is called Slaughter of the Soul, and the band is called At the Gates. They've been around since 1995. I think they put out an album like two years ago. I implore Josh to listen to this as well because I know all three of us are very big fans of As I Lie Dying. You want to know where Azalea Dying got their sound from, where every metalcore band got their sound from? 
this album. This I'm telling you, within the first two songs, you're gonna be like, "That's the darkest nights." That's that's uh, that shadows our security. The whole album, dude. Okay. Every I, you see where the metamorphosis of metalcore streamed from. Was from at the gates. This band is incredible. They're a bunch of old fucking guys now. They still. And it's from so 1995. That's 1995. awesome. 1995. And this isn't like Cannibal Corpse and Ace Ventura type shit. You don't know. Oh what my I'm god! It's I love like, when he's walking through. Is that the red or the white? Oh, wait, I never is, get that one. Uh, what, what's the doctor's name he's looking for? Do you oh, I don't remember his name. Hey, it's like, hey, Steve here, and the guy's headbanging. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and he's just walking through, bopping his head. He's Crowd surfs to the front. Dude, it's fucking Cannibal Corpse. That yep. shit was heavy. Yeah, dude. Um, so uh, that's another. That's a funny story I'm going to talk about in a second. But yeah, dude, this album is incredible. Like I said, it came out in 1995, and you listen to it, and you're like, how did this not come out in 2010? It's, Interesting. Th- to me, this is where modern-day metalcore, meta- modern metal the genesis of it, really like, came from. Okay. It's really from at the gates. Cool. I want to read into them a little bit too, because especially if it's you know one of the foundations of a genre that we all love so much. Now here's the thing: it could be, it could not be, because I just found these guys out within the last. How week. did you I find had... out about them? So uh, I watch a lot of shitty YouTube videos, yes. and there was this one I one... I've seen your algorithm. Yeah, this, <laughs> this, this, my my algorithm is stupid. Yeah. Uh, so I was watching this guy uh, YouTuber named Jared Dines, who does like a lot of metal stuff. And he says video game. He's oh, not a gamer douchebag. That's bag. fucking awful. So <laughs> he was uh, he was talking about, he's like, the five metal bands I don't listen to at all. And he's like, listen to them all. And he goes, At the Gates. And I'm like, why do I keep hearing this band? I've heard, you've heard the of them like, through, through, through the years you've heard about them. I've heard about them. I've never listened to them. because So you never even heard a song by them? Never. Okay. And it, it was, it's one of those bands that, again, they've been around for over 20 years at this point, And I'm just <laughs> hearing about them now. Like, and they're still putting music out. That's very um, interesting. Yeah, it's just a band that, and they're, one of, they're a huge band, apparently. More so, okay. More so, like. Like across the overseas, pond. yeah, right. Just like so. Chinese democracy. <laughs> yeah, right. Hopefully, I'm, I'm confident it will not be as bad as Chinese democracy. Even I, if it, let's say I hate it, I'll still love it infinitely more than Chinese democracy. Dude, it's so fucking good. It's like when I listen to this again, I hear Azalea dying. I hear Wage War. I hear so many, uh, so much influence throughout. The, That's really cool throughout the genre. And my biggest thing too is that like I hear a little bit of this. I don't know if you ever heard of the band Strapping Young Lad. Yes, I, it's, you see, you hear a little bit of Strapping okay. Young Lad in there, which is fucking incredible. Josh, again, I know you like it, but Josh, this is right up your fucking alley, dude. It's sure. incredible. Very cool. Alright, I'm I don't excited mean to hype for it up because then if it sucks... No, you know what? I'm excited to listen to something in that genre that isn't like, you know, something that... I think it's cool when you find something that you just found. Like, the last time that happened was Spanish There's Love Songs, songs so it, it could be really cool. Alright, let's get to our favorite segment of the week. Uh, Taylor, what'd you watch? Oh, God. <laughs> well, uh, I know one thing you watched was The Boys. Yes, I did. <laughs> you watch it boys, in a day. Uh, two days. Two days. The boys was phenomenal. Dude, great. I told you you'd love it. It was. I remember I, I texted both of you guys, and I was like, this is not what I expected. <laughs> At all. And you go, well, what did you expect? <laughs> and I go, not th- not, not it to be this fucking dark. <laughs> yeah, dude. And like fucked. Like dude, within the first five minutes, they, like some they, chick just explodes. <laughs> like Rob, Robin explodes. And, and her arms. like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And she, he's holding the hands. I'm like, dude, there's. So this is the type of show I'm There's watching. a Me Too moment in the beginning of. It. Yes, there How is. great is it when he gets me too? Not even me too. He gets sexually violated in his gills. Dude. I was like, this is fucking weird. Yeah, I, I freaked out because like it's, it's gross looking. Yeah, right? he's in like Branton, Missouri. So or I knew some you shit. loved the boys, dude. So I watched the boys, uh, and then I watched a really, 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 really bad biopic called The Dirt. Uh, oh, uh, the mo- it's horrible. It's, it's horrible. Next level bad. Um, the only part that's pretty good in it is when they talk about Vince, Vince Neil losing his daughter. It has some interesting parts, but it just felt like 
music biopics, like they should be more interesting. I feel like. Well, here's the thing, and if there's any band that story, to be more interesting, it would, you think it would be Motley Crue because they did crazy shit all the time. But it's like like the rock, the rock and roll lifestyle, and that whole like legend is almost entirely based off of like shit like Motley Crue did. Yeah, you for know sure. I mean, it, legendary exploit. Well, like so, like the like I said, the only part of the movie where I was very impressed was when um, you know Vince Neil lost a do- uh, lost yeah. a daughter, and the part that was it was like I remember. So his daughter's laying in a hospital bed, and the guy who's playing Vince Neil, who was actually pretty damn good, the cast go, was fine. Goes, uh, you know, he's like, she's going into surgery. I forget why she was sick. I think she had cancer or yeah, something. Yeah. And uh, the little girl just goes, "Daddy, don't let them cut me again." And I said, and I, I started tearing up. And I go, "Fuck you, dude. Fuck this don't, movie. Don't fucking do this to me. You're gonna so you're gonna show Tommy Lee eating a chick out and her squirting across the they room. They should have shown uh, then, a kid and, drowning and, in Tommy Lee's pool. And I'm like, Jesus, dude. Yo, when he punched his girlfriend, I'm like, yeah. yo, that's because he called his mother a cunt. And, and MGK played Tommy yep. Lee. Not bad. No, not he, bad at he all. was fine. He and dude, then, he was in yo, Bird Box and he wasn't bad. Yo, uh, Ramsey, Ramsey Bolton played uh, yep. Mick Mars. Yeah, and uh, some fucking. No name played Nikki Six, yep. who was okay, and then the it, guy who played Doc it just McGee was it just wasn't was, very good. No, the movie. I watched that. I watched uh, Godfather Part Two. Hell yeah! I still prefer Part One, but Part Two is amazing. It's like one A, one B. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what else did I watch? I watched Independence Day. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> Josh I, missed it the last two weeks. That's why you watched it. Well, because I, I listened to uh, Patrice and Jim. Oh my god! Jim talk about <laughs> it. That if it wasn't for my David. I think my favorite part was when Patrice said, "You know how stupid this movie got when Will Smith." Like, you know, this alien fucking, this alien almost killed the president with his mind. It killed doctors. It killed fucking air. Well, the doctor pi- came back in Independence Day, too. Yeah, it, <laughs> it killed all the pilots and stuff. And he goes, this motherfucker didn't even knock out the alien. He knocked out his outfit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, so off so- of that alone, and that was that. And then I try. Uh, oh, and then the new Apple TV show, which Josh and I like, which I think you would actually. Yeah, like, I'm actually going to give that a shot. You're, 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 not, you're not a soccer guy, and it's funny. No, but I like Jason Sudeikis a lot. Ted, Ted Lasso is very funny. I like it's him when he's on funny. It's Always Sunny when he comes back and yep. he's the the other member of the gang. The gang gets a new member. Classic <laughs> episode. And then when they go to kick him out at the end and, then, and they're driving away, Danny DeVito's, tell them we threw you out! <laughs> oh yeah, and I watched the Frank Reynolds one where the entire episode is Frank Oh, Reynolds being from Frank? His, from his point of being view. Being Frank. Uh, what do they say? Pondy's the best. <laughs> Josh, what'd you watch this week? Uh, so I watched uh, Adaptation. Um, I watched Watched Boy State. Okay. I watched. Um, I also watched Ted Lasso, um, and I watched uh, for no particular reason. Apocalypse Now. Great call. Yeah. It's a great it's fucking wrong. movie. Listen, sometimes you have an inkling to watch something really I, great. I get that like that with me, that was me last week when I said I have Godfather. seen Godfather in a while. I get Fuck like it. that with war movies randomly. Like there was like maybe like six months ago, I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch Platoon. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna watch Apocalypse now. Okay, All so right, you know what? You know what? Was there actually no was, one says. Oh, I think I'm just gonna watch Platoon. I do. On a whim. There was like a minor reason behind it. So um, there was like a, a conversation at work about Full Metal Jacket, and I was like, hey, you know, 4K you know. restorations coming out of Full Metal you know, Jacket. Every single time you say there's a conversation or something at work, we usually yeah. Tell <laughs> well, at least it's usually it's in private text, and it's not good. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just we were talking about war movies, and everybody's like, oh, Full Metal Jacket is by far the best. And I'm like, oh, no, like, I, it's okay. I, I, it might be my favorite. It's not the Best. It's a no, I, I like it. 
I like it, but I only like the first half. I don't like the second half. I, I the part where they're actually in like I've uh, grown an, I've grown an appreciation for the second half, but it's a lot. It's another war movie, very similar. The first half of Stripes is so much better than when they get to Russia. It's still good in Russia, but it's just it Dude, the, the boot camp parts of just like Full Metal Jacket and Stripes are fucking incredible. Harold yeah. Ramis, John Candy. Dude, you Bill can't Mer- go wrong. All of them are so yeah. goddamn. Touch any of my stuff, I'll kill you. Dude, I think my, <laughs> my favorite part was like it's like uh, uh, what was it? It's like there she was just, just a walking, walking down, down the street. street. Dude, it's like, so it's, good. It's, it's so good. Where's your where's your uh, where's your drill instructor, sir? Blowed up, sir. No. Dude, the fucking the the mud wrestling no. with John Candy <laughs> is so good. So what what happened when you were talking? So they were talking about Full Metal Jacket. And would you decide to repo- visit Apocalypse now, Josh? Um, yeah, because that was, I was saying that if you're going to talk about the best war movie, I think it's Apocalypse Now. I mean, I, 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 people people will tell me I'm wrong, but I think that there's there's an upper echelon of war movies, right? You know, like you've got you've got Apocalypse Now, you've got Saving Private Ryan, you've got the Deer Hunter. Oh my uh, God, Deer Hunter, Deer, Deer Hunter is so good. Platoon Platoon is up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought recently Hacksaw Ridge was incredible. Hacksaw Ridge, I me personally, I would put 1917 up there. I, my only, I love 1917. I, I love 1917 too, but the character there there wasn't a true like character arc like there was in Hacksaw Ridge, which no, is important I, to me. I completely agree and I get with what that. you're saying with I'm 1917 saying as far too. As, like, as far as did like, you watch 1917, Josh? You know. Oh, there are a couple movies from the last couple of years. The, the the three big war movies from the last like five or six years. I, I haven't seen. You haven't watched haven't. Dunkirk yet? No, I haven't seen. It's Dunkirk. Christopher Nolan, dude. I know. I no, haven't seen Josh. Dunkirk. I haven't seen 1917. I haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge. You know what, what's Mel? Josh. Christopher Nolan and an awesome war Josh, movie. Like, uh, listen, it's not like we, we're telling you anything new, but all three movies are fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it's they're, they're Honestly, all great. Um, you know, there's other classic war movies. I mean, I like I said, Full Metal Jacket's probably my favorite because I Kubrick, I, I ride and die with. Uh, and yeah. I've grown. I, I when I had this conversation with Bob and he rewatched it and he's like, okay, I I get the second half now. I, I think Midway is. <sighs> Midway was a so really bad. underrated war movie with Mel is We Were Soldiers. We, we Were Soldiers, soldiers really is good. fucking great. The um, Thin Red Line is fucking awesome. I actually liked U five five seven. U five seven one's really good. It's really really good. good. Uh, Hunt for Red October. Really good movie. Uh, what else? Uh, what's the? Is that the one with James? No, what's the one with James Franco? Uh, uh, no, that, that's, <laughs> Fly Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one. Oh, this the, is my gun for the movie. Gun, Fly Boys. Oh, what about Pearl Harbor? Pearl Harbor's awful. Oh my god. No, wait. There's another one. Uh, is uh, Ananopolis? Whatever. No. It takes place in like the naval. Oh, Canada. I know what you're talking. Oh, Mikhail's Navy. Mikhail's. No. <laughs> uh, Men of Honor. Josh, I'll give you that. That's Ma- fucking Ma- good. Men of oh, Honor. Mikhail's Navy. Yeah. No one's ever said. Are that. you talking about Men of Honor with the no. Nero and Cuba Gooding? Well, I mean, factually, Mikhail's Navy is probably Tom Arnold's only good movie. It, that's actually. It's not true. even a good movie. It's just like it's it's got that '90s dumb comedy redeeming yeah. factor, kind of like Dirty Work does. We got David screwed. Allen Greer fucking spying on them. He's in the scuba Dude, suit with a fucking straw. You, you know what I love with David Allen. Greer. Remember, Blank Man. I was about to say Blank <laughs> Man. Dude, J5. <laughs> Dude, I love Blank Man. Only my suit is bulletproof. Oh my God. I fucking love Blank Man. You got fucking the guy that is, he's not Bob Hoskins, but almost. That's <laughs> that's a bad guy. Stupid. Um, I do love Blank Man. Um, so what did I watch this week? I watched uh, Boy State. I went on, um, because of the interview, I went on a Romero spree. Watched Night, Dawn, Day. Yeah, I really um, appreciated your fucking Instagram story. Like eight in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> do get 
ripped apart. Dude, yeah, Captain Rhodes oh just getting you shredded. So many people, like, why am I seeing this? Like, don't fucking worry about it. So I watched, then I watched Land, uh, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. I'm going to do Survival tonight. Did you watch Land of the Lost? No. So you just, just land? Just land, just land, yeah. Is, is, just it, watch. is it the prequel? It was, no, it was actually um, Waterworld, where Waterworld. They're, they're obsessed with the dirt fucking asshole movie. <laughs> um, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. I watched, um, what did I watch? We watched Superbad, and the next day it was the 10 year anniversary, uh, ten year, no, thirteen year anniversary of Superbad. Superbad still holds up. It's still really funny. And then we all that that whole run, that whole row, uh, oh, run of when episode it started with forty, old, it started with forty old virgin knocked up. Um, to, so, to again, I guess because we're getting older, like this is forty gets funnier and yeah, funnier the older absolutely, I get. Absolutely, absolutely, you know I mean? it's fucking. It might be his most complete movie. For it's not necessarily the funniest, but it has some fucking la- the the scene with Melissa McCarthy in the principal's office Dude. is so when she tells the principal your wife didn't die. She killed herself. Is so and she improv the whole fucking uh-huh. thing. Um. So what else? We watched. Uh, the landlord's like, I want to watch like a dumb '90s movie. And I'm like, Do you ever see the 1992 Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Uh-huh. Like the old school one before the show or anything. Buffy was never my thing. Uh, I, the show. Okay, so I had an appreciation for the show, but the movie was so much different because it was just '90 cheeseball shit. You had Christy Swanson who was a, a smoke show. Now she crazy. Was, yeah, now crazy. Then babe. Chris, Christy Swanson was Sandler's girlfriend in the beginning of Big Daddy. The one that leaves him. The one that ends up with the guy with loose skin and old balls. Yeah. You got Donald Sutherland, Luke Perry, David Arquette, Ben Affleck's in it in a small part. Tom Jane is in it in a small part. And the great um, Rucker Hauer, who just died from uh, uh, Blade Runner. I don't know why um, I just started this thing. And oh. Pee Wee Herman is in it. Oh, when he gets stabbed. I don't know why I just started this. So at the end of the movie, Big Daddy goes, whoa, Vanessa, you're a Hooters girl now? He's <laughs> yeah. so like, well, what about Tom uh, and his five-year and plan? And he's in the back flipping burgers. Yep, and waves. <laughs> so I mentioned that we watched Superbad, and it was uh, the next day was a 13-year anniversary. Yesterday, I decided I couldn't fear. I watched Starship Troopers also. So I just like yeah, uh, I, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to watch. I'm just going oh. through. I'm going through all the different streaming platforms. All right, so hold on. Dizzy or Carmen on three? One, two, three. Dizzy every time. Yeah. Although when I was younger, it was Carmen because Denise Richard. I'd, I'd seen her naked in Wild Things doing sure. lesbian shit, and it was hot. But um, <laughs> right. and at the time, when you're young, you just see the gigantic tits on Denise Richards, but now you watch it back, you're like, oh man, Dizzy's hotter and Always, cooler. Dude. So uh, I put on a movie yesterday. And then today, it's the 25-year anniversary of that movie coming out, and it's one that you once put on while I was really fucked up on the toilet. Can I guess? Go for it. Yeah, was it Mortal Kombat? Yes, it was Mortal Kombat. And today is the 25-year anniversary of Mortal Kombat. Oh, I know what I'm watching tonight. And here's the thing. It's horrible, and it's awesome. The first Mortal Kombat is fucking amazing. No, it's okay. It's amazing, but by any structure, it's so much cheeseball CGI. What were you going to say? What were you going to say, Josh? Get it out. Here's a $500 glasses asshole <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude like the way like they're on the boat and just skulls are flying over through I, the class I just love the, when, he, when he fights Goro just like the first thing he was like all right all right Goro actually still looks pretty no, good he just goes, all right Let's dance. Split, <laughs> punch right in the nuts. Dude, like when they're they're spying on Kano and Chang Sung and Goro talking, and then they send all the guards after him, and then they just like they cornered, and the music picks up, and then fight. And they're just like, dude, it's, it's such a Power Rangers. I don't think so. <laughs> dude, it's such a Power Rangers fucking, fucking scene with the putties and shit. Uh, like, dude, they're, you know they're going to get their asses kicked. Fucking kid. Christopher Lambert as Rid, and he's supposed to be a fucking Chinese elder god. Dude, you got I know. Christopher fucking Lambert, and then, Highlander. And then, this, yeah, and then in the sequel, they got a guy that was a knockoff of Sting. 
Redding, like the singer <laughs> from the police. Yeah, what's his name? Jean- Reamer. The guy, who Reamer. Play, the guy who plays the, uh, the yeah, shifty and- fucking uh, porn mogul in uh, The Girl Next Door. And he's also oh, yeah, um, yeah, he's yeah. also the android in Aliens. He's the, the main android in Aliens, yeah. Well, yeah, but in The Girl Next Door, yes, correct. Yo, um, yo, Mortal Kombat yo, is fucking great, yo, Kata- It's fucking great. Katana could still get it. Oh, uh, dude. And so can fucking uh, Sonya Blade, who but was dude, as good Veronica as Mortal Kombat was. Not, don't talk about Annihilation. was Annihilation, dude. They had fucking Jax. The guy was playing Jax. He had the fucking rubber uh, metal arms that you could tell were rubber because every time he threw a punch, and then the arms went like they this. They would flap. And, yeah, and, yeah, and Luke Kang, the CGI at the end of it when oh, he turns see, into the fucking you, dragon. You know what bummed me out? Because I was a bit of a Mortal and Kombat. And Shao Kahn was like a fucking skinny white guy. Dude, he yeah. sucked, dude. Like the one Legacy, part that, Mortal Kombat Legacy was awesome. Yeah, it was. The little, the fan made the episodes, Yeah, right? the webisodes. The, the part that great. bummed me out the most was that like I'm, I was a pretty big nerd for Mortal Kombat. There's like the, the backstory for Sub-Zero, uh, Scorpion, and then like Cyrax and all like those crazy ninja yeah, yeah. that turn into cyborgs. That shit was so, that shit is dark and it's so fucking cool. And then Cyrax is just like, Okay, Dude, here you we know are. what a super underrated game was? Was Sub-Zero Origins on the Sega Genesis. Did yeah. you ever play that? It was literally the backstory of Sub-Zero and how um, it was Shang Tsung that... Or no, it wasn't even Shang Tsung. Quan Chi yeah. was the one that... Um, Quan like, Chi was a cunt. Quan Chi. I, I lo- Mortal Kombat 4 is probably the one I played the most on N64. And they were the first ones that added in like cutscenes at the end whenever yeah. you beat it with a certain character. And I loved it if you beat it with Johnny Cage. It was him doing an acceptance speech, just bragging about himself. And then they throw fruit and vegetables at him. <laughs> it was fucking great. So so we all watched some good shit this week. Um, Taylor, you and I watched UFC 252. Yes. Um, really, really good card. We did not do well in betting whatsoever. But I'm going to make an announcement. And for the first time in 10 years, 10 fucking years, 10 years of picking cards against this cocksucker right here. This is the first one. UFC 252. It's going to go down in the record books <laughs> where I beat you in picks. Well, so we picked the five fights. Um, I, I won the first three. You won? No, no. Because yes, I did. What, so what... Because what happened? I so picked, so I, I had Rosenstruck. You uh, oh I, yeah, I took the Santos. Correct. I had yeah. Uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. I won the first three fights because then well, I got the first fight right. I know I got the first fight right for a fact. No shot. Um the yeah yeah I definitely got the first fight right because I was one and zero and I lost in the second fight. No because no because because uh, I picked O'Malley and I picked DC. You picked Stipe and you picked. Vera. Oh uh, no, I picked no, I picked O'Malley. I said I can't pick against O'Malley. I said I can't pick against O'Malley. Well then I didn't lose. Yeah. So you didn't lose. You tied. Fuck, I tied again? You tied me again, yeah. It's Gray Maynard and Frank Yeager all over <laughs> Yeah, you Fuck. tied me again. Dude, that's like that. That goes back. <laughs> Fucking. You just thought you won. Break your phone more. Um, yeah, no, so. Well, she'll break it again. So, O'Malley's fight. Fuck. Um, at first, obviously, we oh, thought. Who cares, dude? I fucking tied? You tied, yeah. Why? I definitely said I can't pick against O'Malley. I dude, said, tying that... is like kissing your fucking cousin. It's so stupid and fucking you pointless. You kissed your cousin? Why the fuck would you do that <laughs> you, you shit? You kissed your cousin? No, no, you're going to just, what, you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? <laughs> you do that shit. Fuck off. No, I tied. Shut up. I fucking tied. This is awful. All week, I was coming yeah, dude, in here I and I was O'Malley. ready. I picked I O'Malley, like, too. Yeah. Oh, you know why? You know how I remember now? Because I'm like, I know who you're going to pick, and we're both going to pick. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Say it. Cops. Yeah, I just said Vera would give him a fight. And you know what's funny is that... No, you're going to eat it, it's not. It's not even necessarily funny, but when we first saw it, we thought O'Malley got hurt on the... Um, that when he rolled his foot or whatever. It was I on said, the leg kick. It was on the leg kick, which is exactly how uh, Henry Cejudo injured Demetrius Johnson in their second fight. So, and yeah, I think... Did you tweet that? It was that Front Row montage? Brian. Front Row Brian is one yeah. that pointed out. And which, if that's the case, and there's no way to prove definitively, but... 
O'Malley's pace and his stance changed dramatically after those kicks. Immediately. Well, because he, he rolled the first time, and you just he stood there, and Vera looked at him and go, like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. And at that point, it was like, all right, and it something wasn't, might and, be wrong. And the x-rays came up negative on his foot, so he had ligament damage, which is more likely from the kick than anything else. And yeah. then when he rolled his foot, it just it made it worse because he had no stability. Well, he, he, he rolled looked great before bad. that. I told, Vera's no joke, dude. Vera's a really, really good fighter. Well, so, I because, I, uh, you know, everyone was talking about even Rogan talking about that his last fight where he was fucking robbed. Yeah, he got robbed. So I went back and I watched that fight and he was a thousand percent robbed. Yeah, he's a very, very good fighter. So I think it's a good bounce back fight. I'm super bummed. Again, listen, and you taught me this a long time ago. You win, A win is a win is a win is a win. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. doesn't matter because that's more money in his pocket and, yeah. still, and he goes up. I think looking at it from that point, I think it was only a matter of time O'Malley would have caught him. O'Malley probably would have, but uh, um, you know, like you just said, it's you know, I, I have a real concern for O'Malley's long-term career. Well, especially because he's so young, already and he's already had crazy, multiple like, foot injuries and leg injuries, and both and two of them in the cage. Well, especially like he th- that he, ages you fast, dude, dude. The amount of kicks that he throws—that's such a big and, that's such and the a way big he repertoire. moves. Yeah, and the way he moves, and that was so dominant. Cruz and we saw Cruz come back, and he, you know, he he beat Dillashaw when he came back and won the title, and then he lost to Cody Garber, and he wasn't the same guy. He still moved really well, but Cruz is most likely the exception to the rule. When you have that many leg injuries in this sport, and one of the best examples I can give you, maybe one of the greatest athletes, most violent fighters I've seen in the UFC, and we just talked about him, you and I, in text recently, was Mauricio Shogun Hua. Yeah, he came into the UFC with a bum knee, out of shape against Forrest Griffin, lost. He rehabbed his knees. He came back. He ended up winning the light heavyweight title by uh, getting robbed the first time against Lyoto Machida before yeah. knocking him out in the rematch very easily. Uh, but he had aged so quickly. Like Even now, he's only 37, and he looks like he's 45. Because especially when you cut weight and you, you have to put all the dehydrate, those already damaged ligaments and joints and bones. I mean, I mean, with Shogun, too, you got to look at it like how long his career was. I think what, when he won the Grand Prix in Pride, he was about 22 years 21 old. 21 years old. And, yeah. and who did he run through? He ran what he, Rampage. He ran through uh, uh, Ricardo Arona. It was just dude, one after the other. It was a murderer's row of Little Nog. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And to win the Grand Prix yeah, that dude. young. Sakuraba. So, over and over again. He's a, he's a again, I, he's a certified legend. The guy's a fucking animal. And I mean, he did get his ass kicked. I mean, that's it, it, listen, if by some miracle he catches fucking John Jones, in that fight, we don't. John Jones is sure. the same guy today. But John Jones rocked him in the first two seconds with a flying yes. knee, and then just took over. Right. And uh, but it changed Shogun. Shogun's leg injuries change him, and that makes me worry about someone like Sean O'Malley because I think he's got all the talent in the world. But if your body can't hold up to it, what are you going to do? Well, no, uh, no that's fine. Not a big deal. But so that's that's my main concern because I do like O'Malley. I love I, him. I love him. I even said in the group chat before as he was walking out, and I said it to Bob that night, and I felt like a fucking asshole. But like, yeah, again, I made an if, asshole of you. If everything works out, if everything were to work out correctly, which face it never does, no. O'Malley is the next big thing. Yeah, really I mean, and is. he's still he's still young, and he's it's probably it's probably better that he has this loss now because maybe he changes his training, maybe he does things that aren't going to be as high impact on his legs and his feet. Um, it, it's it's really hard to say. Sometimes these losses are good for a fighter at a young age, and that was a fine stoppage. That fucking yeah. elbow was brutal, and Herb Dean could see that his leg was shot, he and you saw him. the way he no, and, and that circum in those circumstances. 
circumstances, you do have to save the guy. Sure. Also, because listen, at the same time, I'm sure Dana White has probably talked. Oh, Dana ha- White's talked this fucking kid. Uh, up. They had a Stephen A. Smith voiceover package, and they compared him to Lamar Jackson, which Shut is fucking fuck weird. Up. Look at the way he spins. Shut up. Someone needs to take Stephen uh, A. And just so, tell him this, like, listen, stick to your bullshit football takes. No yeah. one gives a shit what you have to say about MMA. No, uh, you don't know anything about Joe it. Rogan. Yeah. Bullshit about. We learn nothing about Conor McGregor. No. I don't mean to go off track. No, I but, get what you're saying. But to go back, I want to go back to the. I want to revisit the card real quick. Yeah, or, sure, or, or, sure. I wanted to get to the main event next. I I want to talk about Steve Bates. What else did you have to say? I have to say it was one of the best cards I've seen in a long it time. It was great. It was fantastic. This is a perfect example of less is more. Yeah, all the fights were great. The prelims were really good. There the were pre- prelims. The prelims. Yeah, were I was great. mad that Jim lost, but it was a you know a what, tough fight. But what did you expect? Yeah, well, I, I he just got overpowered because yes. he was winning early on, but the guy was so strong that he just wore him out. Um, and the other thing I want to say too. Uh, Rosenstruck is still right in contention with the top four. In the yeah, he, he looked great. DeSantos looked really good early on, but they his chin just look, can't take it anymore. Yeah, they both looked um, good. He caught him once flush, yeah. and then when he went down the first time, I go, he's not going to recover. No. And then when he went limp the second time, like that and, was a wrap. You know and what I mean? I, I, wanted, I said to you after, like I would like to see Rosenstruck fight, fight Curtis Blades next, because I, I want to see him against a wrestler, but they just announced, Curtis Blades just posted on his Twitter yesterday another really good matchup. He'll be fighting Derek Lewis next. Well, did, uh, uh, Zoe, who did, oh, oh no, Curtis, Curtis, Oh, everyone got brained by Francis. Yeah, yeah. So that was Curtis's Fran- last loss was Francis. Yes, too? Um, correct. So that's that's twice that's, he lost to Francis twice. Those are his last two losses. So so that that's the perfect opponent too. So if if if, if Derek Lewis beats uh, beats Curtis Blades, Rosenstruck. If whoever wins should fight Rosenstruck next. Whoever wins between Curtis Blades and uh, Derek Lewis fights Rosenstruck. Well, I think next. no matter what happens, the next fight, at least for Stipe, it has to be Francis. Yeah, it sounds like that's definitely where they're going. It has um, to be. Now, so we'll, we'll talk about the main event, sure, and then we'll sure. talk about that. Um, I thought it was a great, great fight between DC and Stipe. First round was incredibly close and probably edged out to Stipe until he got a little flash KO from uh, DC right at the end of the round. Yep. And then you saw D, uh, Stipe start to take over in the second round. I thought he definitively won two and three. I took D- I DC win in the fourth round, and then the fifth round was really close, but I edged it to Stipe. Um, and two of the judges had it two two going into the fifth. One of the judges had it four to one, uh, three to one for Stipe going into the fifth. But it was so competitive; these guys match up so evenly. I don't want to hear anything about eye pokes on either side. It sucked that that eye poke happened to DC, and he lost the vision in his left eye because it could have been a completely different fight. Because we saw he was the fresher fighter in round five. Yes. But if you can't see out of your one eye, you're not going to much of a target to hit. So I, I don't want to. I don't want to blame the loss solely on that. I think a lot of credit has to go. To st- uh, towards Stipe. He sure, obviously sure. knows his opponent. You know, he trained hard for it, and Stipe is, a, is, is the best heavyweight in UFC UFC history. Who, Stipe? Yes. Yeah, I would say he's definitely the best heavyweight well, I, in UFC I, 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 history. I wanna, I wanna, UFC. Yeah, Fedor is still the best heavyweight of all time. Yes. So, um, and but, Fe- but, it was funny is, I think Fedor, Prime Fedor, it would beat Stipe, but Prime Fedor would lose to Cormier just because of the way I they match so. up. I think so, too. They, just I, the way they match up. So, my, my, my whole thing with this fight, again, I didn't have it 3-1. I had it 2-2 going into round well, five. I had it 2-2 going into round five. Oh, you did? Yeah, I, I thought I you had, had three, No, I had it 2-2 going into so, round five. So, I, I had 2-2 going into round five. Five, and I was fairly confident that DC was going to find a way. And it looked there were glimpses where he almost. Yeah, had he probably it. won the first minute and a half of the round. Definitely. But then you could see in the clinch that Stipe was able to get better angles, and he dominated more of the time. And then he landed the harder shots. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I really, again, I, despite my parlay eating shit. Um, was I really just want to see DC I, again? I would have loved a, to he, seen him go out on his on his horse. Yeah, he's he's a warrior. He goes out on his shield. Yeah. I'm glad he did that, and I'm also glad 
he had an opportunity in the interview. Joe gave him every opportunity in the to world. say that. I'm, I'm, was, I'll think the, about it. It was the eye poke. You know what I'm saying? He gave him every because avenue is, to he said, it, he said it is what and it he is. He goes, it is what it is. Yeah. You, know, you know what that is? It's part of the game. That's the heart of a champion. Yeah. That, that's, that's and he also knows that he DC had an eye poke is. earlier on. And it could have just as easily affect Stipe. And he, he knows that he had chances to knock him out. He had, ch- he had chances to take him down, go for a submission. And, you know, one... Uh, Accidental illegal blow shouldn't change the entire course of a fight. It was also late in the fight. It was a bad. It was a oh, it was it was really bad. If he says he can't see out of his eye, um, what what you said, detached retina. No, and it turned out it was um, uh, it's something with the cornea, um, the cornhole. Probably got a a cornhole. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to the station and cornhole uh, us a drunk. (laughs) But overall, um, I really enjoyed the car. Oh, it was great. It was a blast. My favorite part was watching the whole fight. Bob came over to watch Stipe DC, and he fell asleep throughout the whole fucking fight. Yeah, I wish you. Put, I told you to throw soy sauce at him. No, you, you, said, you go. Why do you put jelly? In? <laughs> like you should have actually taken a piss on him. Like it was deco. That would have been great. But there was some other UFC news that came along. Um, we talked about this last week that I said if DC won, John Jones would be like, I'm moving up, and DC wouldn't retire. But John Jones was live tweeting the whole fight. Yeah, he was great live tweeting too. I thought his live tweeting was fantastic. And he, he was fair the whole yeah, time. Yeah, he was very that. fair. And then he said, you know, I'm moving up. And then it comes out the next day he's vacating the light heavyweight title. Now Jan Blackowitz and um, Dominic Reyes are going to fight for the vacant. Vacant light heavyweight title I officially. Think Reyes got that. That's just me. It's a tough fight. I, I, it's, no, it's I'm, a tough I'm, fight. I'm saying if I pick This one. is the thing. You got to go back and watch a lot of Reyes' fights to really see. And you got to watch Jan too because a lot of times when you see a performance like Reyes had against John Jones where you could argue that he beat John Jones... And then you could see him come it's along again and lose. An well, no, no. But here's the thing: we had this, we had this very same thing happen with Alexander Gustafsson, where people thought he was the real deal. And what happened to him after he beat John Jones? I understand he turned into shit, but I'm saying is like I, that one. I think Gustafsson really. I think he did enough. But watch except, it again and turn off the commentary. Except for the no, I'm saying like even with the commentary on, if I watch everything and I've watched that fight a thousand, because one of my favorite fights I've ever watched. Uh, I still think he is. I'm, t- I'm telling by a cunt hair. He beat it, him. It, I wouldn't have been angry if it did, but based on what I the, the amount of fights I've watched is John Jones won three, four, and five. Well, very clearly. So, so that goes, and then it, it that one the championship phrase, rounds. No, the phrase you told me that stuck in my head ever since you said it was, "You have to do enough to beat the champion." Yeah, and in those he championship didn't. rounds, and it was the same thing with Dominic Reyes. He let John Jones yes. dictate those late rounds when it makes all the difference, and, and he didn't do enough in the early rounds to clearly, definitively win at least one of them. Exactly, and, and I completely agree. So with. now John Jones is vacated. Um, he's moving up. And again, I would say watch some of Jan Blackowitz's fights because he's going to give Dominic Reyes a much tighter, tougher fight than people are expecting because we have this great performance in mind against John Jones. Um, so he, John Jones is going to saying he's moving up to heavyweight. He's like, it, Dana White even said, like, we've had good discussions with John. So he will most likely be fighting the winner of Francis and Stipe. He's a dangerous heavyweight already. John Jones? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. No one outside of Daniel Cormier at heavyweight can wrestle like he Dude, does. Imagine, these, imagine him and fucking Francis together. That would be very interesting because the not just France, not just Stipe, but Francis and any heavyweight's going to hit a lot hard, harder than any 205er. Well, but he's going to have a significant speed advantage. Well, th- that I understand. I'm saying is, I listen. The the jury's been out on Francis for a long time. Sure, what, sure. What, if you withstand the early flurry, you have a very, very and if you're very a wrestler, you have a you have a good chance. I mean, Stipe kind of Stipe stood there and took Francis' best shots, and he didn't get dropped. He yes. definitely got his bell rung, but he didn't get dropped or knocked yes. out. And John Jones, we know, can take a punch. Now, can he take a heavyweight's punch? Is a different question. We'll see. 
Tennessee. It's you know DC hits pretty fucking hard, and I haven't seen John Jones actually get dropped by a punch ever. And he's been in there with some fucking bangers. He's been in there with Shogun, Vitor. I've only seen DC him once really I could think of. Not even, but he didn't get dropped. No, he's, I'm saying like we're like he saw stars. And yeah, for sure. Gustin, he's definitely seen stars and you know been rattled a little bit, and he's fought some he heavy hitters. No, no one that hits as heavy as Francis, but. It'll be a different game because we got to see what he's like not cutting weight. Is he going to be more explosive? I would say probably because he's going to weigh more than Stipe when he, if, if and when he fights Stipe. Well, I, I go back to when uh, the, the first time, like I think it was in the middle of like, his first two-year suspension when he was like, he was eating After right. the hit and run, when he was bodybuilding, Dude, he when he was, was doing powerlifting. And he's, yeah, yeah. and he's fucking deadlifting like 600 pounds. You know what I'm saying? Like if that, it's if a that different guy, kind of strength. It's a different kind of strength that he has. That's a scary dude, man. So I'm very excited to see if John Jones does move up because you can hate the guy all you want, and his fights as of late haven't been as exciting. But the one thing John Jones has more than any fighter I've ever seen, maybe next to George St. Pierre, is the greatest fight IQ I've ever seen in my life. Big facts. He, he listen. It's not always exciting, and yet yeah, safe sometimes, but it wins, and that's fight IQ. Well, the biggest the biggest example I could think of that for for big dum-dums that are casual fans that don't know what they're looking at is the the press conference a week before he fought DC the second time when he goes you have a tell and I'm going to head kick the shit out of yeah, you and, and it's it. exactly what his, he did his fight IQ and he adjusts on the fly in fights very very well we've seen it with Gustafson we've seen it with um, with uh, Dominic Reyes we saw it with Lyoto Machida after Lyoto won the first round yes um, another fight that was announced today that um, is very um, important to me and it should be important to fans of the sport is likely Anderson Silva's last fight. He'll be headlining a fight night card as soon as it's finalized against Uriah Hall for his last fight, which is a good fight for him to go out on. It's a winnable fight for him to go out on. Yeah, so Uriah's been, what, retired for the last two no, years? Uriah, no, you're thinking of Uriah Faber. Um, Uriah Hall's been fighting. He was supposed to fight oh, Yoel Romero a few Uriah months ago. Uriah Hall, the yeah. dude who spin kicked yeah, the Yeah, on the, the, on the Ultimate Fighter, oh. yeah. So Hall, here's the thing with Uriah Hall. He never lived up to what he was supposed to be. Always he, a bridesmaid, never a Yeah, he, he's also had some really underwhelming performances in his career. He does a lot of just standing there and staring. There's a distinct possibility with the way these two guys match up that it's a five-round staring contest. But I think Anderson, knowing that if he thinks it's going to be his last fight, is going to go out there to put on a show. Hopefully his legs hold up because his last fight was a leg injury. Uh, I will make. I will put aside plans to see Anderson Silva's last fight. He is my favorite fighter of all time. Do, do we know when that, like when the October, fight in October. Okay. I think October 19th. It's going to be a headline of a fight night card. Mm. So I'm very, very excited for that. You, and then You wouldn't uh, want to put him on a pay-per-view knowing it's Anderson Silva or maybe because you want to try to sell on a fight night maybe yeah I think you want to sell on a fight night honestly yeah, I why think not? yeah um and then um also the fight they've been hyping up is is uh, Izzy and uh Costa which I'm very very excited for that's gonna be a great fight Israel Adesanya and Polo Costa um, yeah I love that they hate each other yeah and I I think Izzy's gonna make an example of him I think so too it's I a, think it's, he it's he, the same thing man once you once you weather the storm listen if he he was able it wasn't exciting at all against Yoel Romero and this guy is more reckless than Romero is and I mean he could he has just as much a chance to knock you out with one shot, but it's going to be a fascinating fight. I, I get like the same vibes when um, when Ally Quinta took the fight against Khabib on short notice, where you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen because clearly Khabib was the best yeah, fighter for sure, in that for fight. Sure. And that's the same thing with this. Like you know, I, I, I get very scared when you get someone like Izzy. 
You know what I mean? Style bender. Yeah, yeah. Going in there, who's this fucking, who's this virtuoso. Takes major risks in fights. Who's, who's also this virtuoso when it comes to technique and, and shit like that. And he sees, and he, like, he see he, he's so, he reminds me so much of Anderson, and it's it's the style. And that, their fight, and his fight with Anderson was a lot like And that. then across the octagon, you have this fucking guy who's a mall Monster. He's an animal. He looks like a juiced up Dude, 19-year-old Vitor Belfort. How the fuck this guy makes 185 is beyond me. I'll tell you how. Steroids. That's how. Oh, yeah? Oh, he's juiced up, dude. I'm not a fucking fool. Um, so, the size of his traps, dude? So, uh, what we got next? Um, so, we talked a little bit last week about... Easy pop. Lacey, is, is mommy home? I think she might hear uh, the landlord. Probably. Um, yeah, here she comes. Oh, oh. There you go. We were like, she just started barking, and uh, we were like, what is that? Right there on the, on the cooler. All right. Thank you. How was your swim, landlord? How was your Thai food? Oh, Thai food? Yeah, she had Thai food because I can't eat it. Why thai food, uh, peanut oil fucks me uh, up. If I, eat, I have something with peanut oil, I have diarrhea for days. Right. Want to go to uh, want to go to Five Guys? Five Guys. I missed the first twenty minutes of Twenty One Jump Street because I had Five Guys and I had diarrhea for it. Yeah, you want to accidentally order extra cheese and extra patty like that? <laughs> <laughs> you got to. Still one of my favorite things. What the fuck is this, dude? It's like a quadruple burger with like. You, fucking, I was like, that's did, a big burger, dude. Did you listen to um, Rogan with that uh, that comedian uh, Ali or whatever from this past weekend? The one that toured with him. No, I have. So it was pretty fun. She's really funny, but he talked. She's like, you eat like an animal. He's like, you went to In and Out and you got like fourteen burgers. She's like, no, I got. Four of whatever these were. She's like, how many patties is that? He goes, it's an eight patty count. Oh, yeah, what's the patty count? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, he said, it's an eight patty count. I was like, that's fucking funny. That's um, so last week we talked a little bit about the situation on the Indians with um, Zach Pizlak and Mike Clevenger, yeah. how uh, they went out. Now, I don't know if you've read any of the reports that came out this week that they had a team meeting and their teammates were extremely unhappy with them. Of course. Um, uh, the one name that made me happiest was seeing Oliver Perez saying that he was like going to opt out if they weren't sent down their teammates. But Pizlak, put out this fucking statement blaming the media for them getting in trouble. Did the media make you go out and try to sneak back into the hotel, <laughs> you fucking dummy? If he didn't re- make, release a statement like that, there's a good chance they wouldn't have gotten sent down. And even uh, Terry Francona, who's one of the best managers of all time, was like, the statement made it worse. Yeah, I'm sure. I, it's one of those things where it's like, it, listen, there's no way to spin it where you're the good guy. No. You're better off just taking your punishment like a fucking man and just, listen, dealing with it. It's and, better that and way. And they were very unhappy, the teammates, with Mike Clevenger, that he knowingly got on the plane and lied to them about going out with this guy. Yeah, it was like when, Qua, it was like when Quaz got exposed and he didn't fucking tell any of us, so I, I fake yelled at him. <laughs> oh, that Oh my god, I almost choked. That was so fucking funny. So the Indian, I don't remember telling you to come. The over Indian my house. situation Fuck is you. so funny, especially when uh, I, you know, there's a level where it's like if I'm a fan of the Indians, I could be annoyed. But at the same time, in this situation, you're fucking getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. Be fucking responsible. Take some personal responsibility. But they're two really, really good pitchers. They're both mm-hmm. their ERAs were under two, and they fuck up like that. Like, is it more important that you go off and get your nut off, or your fucking team and your fans get to see something positive in these weird fucking times. Well, Clev is one of those just off the rails kind of guys. Yeah. Like he's going to do what he's going to do. And he's like, you have no business. You ain't a vet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, a vet, I could understand it more. Like, did you see with Cespedes that the, like a week after he opted out, the story came out that just like two weeks before he was out fucking clubbing and dancing, but he's worried about COVID. It, listen, it doesn't, no, I, he, he said, he's saying, saying COVID, that, of course, of course. He's just like, fuck this. I'm not playing for this piece of shit team this year. So we had another interesting baseball story the other night. Did we? Um, the San Diego Padres. 
Oh, fuck the off. Great, well, I need to talk about this because this is... No, so, I so, agree with you. Whatever you're about so, to say, I definitely agree. Fernando Tatis Jr. Was um, one of the best young players in the game. Maybe one of the best just players in the game right now. He leads the league in home runs, RBIs, and stolen bases. Hell yeah. Um, he uh, had a 3-0 count with the bases loaded in the bottom of the eighth. Um, and he had a 3-0 count on him, and he swung and hit a grand slam. Uh, now, people were outraged by this, including his own manager said something about it. I wish you would have uh, taken there. I would have preferred he taken. So here's the thing. There's a lot of unwritten rules in baseball. Yeah, and they're all fucking stupid. So no, there's some I agree with. Now, in that same situation, if you're up seven runs in the eighth inning and you're stealing a base, that to me is not cool because that doesn't really benefit your team. However, every at-bat should not be taken for granted. Um, if if the pitcher's up there on a 1-0 count and he throws a breaking ball that goes to 2-0 and then on 2-0, rather than throw a get-me-over fastball, he throws another breaking ball to fall behind 3-0. Why is he allowed to throw difficult pitches to hit, but I can't hit the easy one? If the situation is that we're doing unwritten rules, is that he should be pumping fastballs to throw strikes to try and get out of the inning as fast as possible. The fact that he was working it trying to throw breaking pitches, he already broke the unwritten rule being down. Now, the other thing is the last team, and I, I might be getting my numbers wrong on this, the last team that came um, no, I'm actually right on this, the last team that came back from a 7-plus run deficit in the 7th run, seventh inning or later was who, Taylor? The... Nope. It was last year the San Diego Padres against the Colorado Rockies, who came back from a 7-run deficit to win 16-12 to ultimately against the Rockies. So they should know better than anyone that coming from a 7-run deficit is not impossible. I can tell you as a Mets fan, coming back from yeah. a seven-run deficit, it happened last year, if you remember, when I, I told you I turned off the game, and then you text me, you're like, fuck, and I turned it back on, and they got fucking shelled. So th there's unwritten rules in baseball. If you're up 12 runs, and you hit a home run, and you pimp it, you deserve to get thrown at. If you're, if you're down 12 runs, and you hit a home run, and you fucking pimp it and show up the pitcher, that's breaking an unwritten rule. If you're up that big late in the game, and you steal a base, that's an unwritten rule. Those are the unwritten rules I'm down for. There's plenty of unwritten rules that are just respect of the game and respect of your colleagues and your peers and potential future teammates. Swinging 3-0, no matter the deficit, and not taking an at-bat off is never an unwritten rule, because all it takes is one bad at-bat to put you into a slump. Yeah, and guess what? You're a professional athlete. Yeah. You get paid. It's your job. You don't perform. You don't get paid. Yeah. Or you still get paid. Whatever. But guess what? Imagine being a grown-ass man and being pissed that someone flips a fucking bat. Yeah. Shut and up. I'm, Just shut the fuck up. There. Well, again, there, there are times where it depends you on the... Know, you it, hit a home run off of me. It, Pitch it, better, stupid! It depends on the the, the level of the home, of the bat flip, because I, I love bat flips, but when it's like a bat flip and you just stare down the pitcher who did nothing to you as no, you go... that's dumb. Yeah. If, and, you listen, if you're blatantly showing someone up, okay, I understand. Take it personally. Sure, sure. But, like, let me give you a perfect example. I think it might have been, like, two seasons ago when uh, uh, when Reese Hoskins took, like, 45 seconds around the fucking base yeah. against the Mets. Yeah. And he bat-flipped or someone else bat-flipped. So Todd Frazier hits a, hits a tying home run in the bottom of the eighth inning. And he took his sweet time. And he fucking bat-flipped, yeah. right? That makes sense to me because, one, that's a rivalry, so you're in the heat of the moment, so it makes sense. There's some drama in the game, yeah, so yeah, that's sure, great. Yeah, sure, sure. But like someone like, a, or even like a Jose Bautista hits that home run in the playoffs against Texas, and he throws the bat. I like thought that, that was great. That's fucking awesome, dude. You're at the home crowd. It was uh, lively. I thought that was fucking great. That when is, 
you get someone like Carlos Gomez on the Brewers hits a home run and he just fucking stares at the pitcher and the Braves and, and you yeah, listen, yeah, yeah. if you got someone like Freddie Freeman drawn at you, you're a real dickhead. Yeah, and then you have guys like that um Brian McCain used to do. He used to hate when guys took their time on home oh, run trots and he dude, would, stand, he would in stand in front of home Like, plate. dude, come on, you aren't the fucking sheriff of the baseball field. Like, stop. But there are there are unwritten like here's another unwritten rule I agree with. If a team is up you know, nine runs, and the pitcher's going for a no-hitter, you should not be dropping down a bunt for a single. That, if you're down one run, this just happened recently oh, where... stop. See, I, I'm the cunt that's like, you're not no-hitting me. Fuck you. But, but like, see, that's the thing, though. Like, oh, no-hitters and perfect games are things that are so rare in baseball. Yeah, like, I heard, earn them. I heard out... I, I, I'm not disagreeing, but the drag bunt is only there in a situation where if you need to get on base with your team having a chance to get back into it. I also agree with that. I, um, I get it. But if you're doing it just to break up the no-hitter, that's not having respect for, like, the foundations of something sacred in the game and I think it's like earn the at bat don't take the cheap out because the defense the third baseman or the set shortstop is playing back um, now there was just a situation recently where the team was down 2-0 and the guy had a no hitter going in the seventh inning and they threw down a drag bunt and I forgot the fucking team and they were fucking pissed that he tried to break up a no hitter you're down 2-0 that's a one swing game right that's there not bad. That's that, a that game. has no situation now there's people like CeCe Sabathia who got mad when guys jumped, uh, dumped uh, drag bumps on drag bunts on him because he his knees were bad and he had trouble running to the third base side. Dude, that's taking advantage of your weakness. That is fair game. That is not an unwritten rule. Yeah, but see, so to your point, so there's a no hitter going, the guy drops a bunt down, but there's also a shift where, like, obviously he can't, like, you drop it down sure, third base. Sure. Why? But, but, but hold on, but, but why is that his fault? Well, why, the, well you know what I'm saying? Well, you you kind of just jumped over an unwritten rule. When Maybe the team's up that big, you don't shift. You don't shift when it's that when you're up that big. But if you're playing, okay, so if you're playing that far back and you shift like that, sure, right? sure. And I drop a bunt and you're throwing a no hitter, right? It, what, so what I'm asking is, why get pissed at me? Not don't get pissed at your catcher, your manager for doing a shift like that. Well, why don't you just play normal fucking defense if you're up that high? Well, Who gives a shit. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, well, again, they would be playing normal defense with a big lead. The whole point is, like, if you if you're down that much and it's like eighth or ninth inning and you drop down a bunt just to break up a no hitter. That is, it's poor. It is poor form. No matter through through the annals of fucking baseball history, that's poor form. But whether it's but whether it's for the sake of breakup no hitter or just trying to get on base because you're that's, not because you're not I, giving listen, up. If you're just trying to get on base, I don't think there's an issue with it. If they're going to give it to you, if it's a breakup no hitter, I have an issue with it. If it's a no hitter with a big lead, I have an issue with it. Okay. Uh, so again, me personally, again, me being a cunt about it, you're not no hitting me. Fuck so that. so last night there was almost a no hitter. I was fucking thrilled it got broken up because this might be the fucking asshole in me, but I didn't want the first or maybe only no hitter. This season to come from a non-American pitcher. It was Kenta Maeda had a no-hitter going into the ninth, and it should have probably happened. But and he, it would have been really hard. He had 110 pitches going into the bottom of the ninth, and um, it was a looper to the second baseman, and he misplayed and got turned around and it went over his head and dropped for a hit. I wanted to be, you know. And I, and just not against the Mets, for the love of God. I've seen them get hit, no hit too many times in the last fucking 10 years. Two, I think three or four times they've gotten no hit. That's a lot, uh, actually. Yeah, you don't have to tell so me, I, So I was talking to my buddy. Watched all of them. I was <laughs> yeah. at one of them. I know, you were at one of them. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was talking to my buddy. So my one my one friend who's a very dear friend of mine, he despises baseball. Okay. He thinks it's, he thinks it's boring. And probably I li- he probably likes hockey. And I don't disagree. No, he likes the Jets. Oh, and okay, I, so I, he's I, a cunt. <laughs> so I don't disagree with, what, with his reasoning, but I understand. 
And I remember there was one particular time where we were talking about it, and I was like, you know, the whole like we're talking like the holy grail in sports, like like, like what's yeah. the, what's like the pinnacle as far as like achievement? Sure, sure. So you had like uh, at the time it was Jerry Rice's receiving record, single season receiving yeah. record. It was Peyton Manning throwing fifty touchdowns. And I go, well, really, the biggest uh, holy, the biggest holy grail in, in all of sports is throwing a perfect game over a hundred years over a hundred year span of Major League Baseball. Been 20, what is it, 26 23 or twenty four? I think. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And I was, think about it. And he goes, oh, a perfect game. He goes, how? He goes, how hard could that be? I go, and I said that, you know, over 100 years, only maybe 20 of them. And I go, it's also a sport where if you succeed at the plate 30% of the time, you're the best yeah. of the best. Yeah. It's one of the hardest sports to play. And I just keep, and I keep trying to reiterate that and reiterate that. Like, to me, uh, like, if my ultimate thing as far as going to see a live event, you know, like going to see like a concert or going to see like sure. a, 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 a sports, uh, a sports thing. My my pinnacle would be to see a perfect game. Yeah, I and mean, I'm sure that's any real baseball. Yeah, fans. I mean, I know some people that have been at perfect games. They were at uh, David uh, Wells' perfect game with the Yankees, right. and um, you know they're they're really Probably David Cohn's they're, perfect. They're, game. they're really really rare. I mean, when you look at it, and even no hitters are really really well, rare. And over twenty two thousand major league games played, there's only been three hundred and twenty mo- no right. hitters. And people are like, well, no hitters not as impressive. And I'm like, yeah, it's no still, hitter is very impressive. It's impressive. There's been non impressive. No, no hitters. hitters. Sure. AJ Burnett had a no hitter where he walked like eight batters. That's Ed- so fucking stupid. Edwin Jackson had one where he walked like seven, but still they didn't give up a hit. Like that means they put the guy on base. The guy didn't earn getting up. They earned it by not. Right. But you know what I mean. So it's still impressive that there was no hitter. I mean, a team no hitter is impressive. In some ways, it could be more impressive because you had to piece it together. Yeah. It's dude. The Mets went from being in, in a team since 1962 to not even having a team no hitter until Johan Santana, Santana threw his no hitter. The Padres still don't have a no hitter. Think about that. The Padres still don't have a no hitter, I mean, which is crazy for the Mets. Do you think about it? Yeah, like in in that in that time frame, you've had Tom Seaver and Doc Gooden, no perfect game. But dude, Doc, you had Nolan Ryan. Yeah, but you, you traded him when you he had, was like you nineteen had Ron years old. Darling, you had some really really good oh, pitchers oh, through the years. I, I don't mean to switch the subject. So I was I, today I was listening to like uh, you had pr- David Well David Cohn yourself prank uh, prank Mike Francesa phone calls today, and the funniest oh one God. I heard was the stupidest one. Was like I guess at the time David uh, David Wright was a hurt a lot. Yeah, 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 sure. And the guy's like, you know, this whole David Wright nonsense is just, it's it's so stupid. I I have the perfect idea to fix everything. You have Keith Hernandez play third base. (laughs) And and he goes, you know, you'll get for like two weeks and you'll get people in the stadium and Mike Francis go, la, la, la. He's saying Keith Hernandez. Is Keith gonna, Hernandez is, is, is okay. going to play third base. What, yeah. what are you dumb or something? <laughs> I, the best is still when people would call him up, be like, you know, I know the Giants need a new head coach. What do you think about Jason Giambi? <laughs> he gets so fucking mad. Like, you know, Jose Reyes is one of the best shortstops in the league right now. But uh, I do have to ask you, like, how big do you think his dick is? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 some like, of the ones. Like, uh, did uh, did A Rod slap your butt cheeks? <laughs> it's like, oh man, you know, the Yankees are really in a slump right now. It's like, hey Mike, you should give him some of your Diet Coke. It's that special stuff, huh? <laughs> dude. There's some, there's he, some really good ones. Dude, when he was complaining, someone was complaining about like a starter, like a, it's like, oh, we, the Yankees need a third starter. A guy calls up, he goes, yeah, no, I, I like, I'm a big fan of starters. You know, I, I like muscles, <laughs> I like mozzarella sticks. And he just hangs up on. Yeah, dude, that's a good one. Starters, appetizers, no starting pitching, dumb dumb. <laughs> like it's just stupid. That's shit. a really good one. Um, uh, Taylor, uh, Dan, WAP. <laughs> we need to talk about this. You know. Are you? Uh, I, For I, a solid week, I did. I, I'm like WAP. 
what the fuck is WAP? And I'm thinking to myself, what, wheels wheels at planes? I'm like, what is, I'm, I'm trying to piece it together. And then I see Ben Shapiro attached to the WAP thing, and I'm like, this can't be good. He really made an ass of himself. And even Joe Rogan was talking about it with that uh, that chick. Allie, whatever. Yeah, when he was like, Ben, I love you. You need to stay in your lane. Like, okay. So he's reading the lyrics, and he says, wet-ass P-word. Uh, I, I come to me with this wet-ass P-word. And instantly memed himself. And he actually said, my wife said that there's no medical it's a medical condition if you have a wet ass p word i was like bro your bitch is dusty <laughs> if she doesn't have a wet ass p word you have multiple kids and so this is where i, I take major issue and i don't want, we'll get to the song itself in a second but i take major the issue the so, it's a song what? That's where the whole Ben Shapiro thing came from. It's a Cardi B song. It's a Cardi B and Meg The Stallion song. No wonder why I've um, heard it. So he was complaining about how how offensive this song is, how degrading it is. He's like, feminist, this is what you fought for. And he's but he's talking about how it's how like, how no one should be watching this because it's so degrading while playing the video next to him and listening to the lyrics and he's like and then he's going after media things that are making fun of him he goes oh just going for the clickbait it's like dude you went with clickbait by playing that's the video that you're saying is so bad you're part of the problem with the media I'll that you hero does is fucking that, clickbait that's all, that's all he, he's all ever been he really. does Trump dunks on liberal journalists you know, I, I can't believe there was a part of my life where I'm like that guy gets it he he is a very I, smart person there's times where he gets it and there's times where I agree with him but overall he ma then he does things and makes an ass of himself like this he literally said out there Josh could you play a little bit of him reading it probably, just so you can uh, hear this yeah, let me see if I can find um so the song is called WAP and it's Cardi B and, and it's he was taught his whole point was about how it's so degrading that this is this is what feminists fought for and you know what i say dude Rap has been taught has had rappers forever talking about hoes and sluts. Yo, we were little kids saying to the windows, to the walls, to the sweat drip from our balls, to us skeet skeet, the skeet skeet. We were singing that. We were singing Shake Your Ass. We were singing the Whisper song. Hey, little ma, how you doing? Let me whisper in your ear. Tell you something that you might like to hear. You got a sexy ass body and your ass looks soft. Mind if I touch it and see if it's soft. So I want to like let, I want to let everyone know who's listening. Dan isn't reading those lyrics. He's reciting. Them I, I know the lyrics. Is this him? No, nah, it's a. I, I knew this was gonna happen. It's a. I would say go to Twitter. That's probably wait, your best say, bet to find it. Wait, do you see my dick? dick. Hey, hey, bitch. Now, yeah. do something we haven't done. Or, 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 or if you so just fast forward a little bit. If you listen to old school Pusha T, it's like you know what fame is? Sleeping with the woman of her dreams and forgetting what her name Dude, is. Dude, yeah, mystical. I came in with my dick in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, "This is a little bit of this." All right, here, listen to this. So as you can see, there's water pouring out from the front of the of a mansion. The song is terrible. Okay, here are these two ladies, and then there is just a giant golden butt. Okay, and then there's golden boobs that apparently boobs. Um, um, it's um, yeah. So this is all great. <laughs> it's apparently the tackiest mansion that has ever been. Okay. And um. Um, uh, and then there, there's them lying there with a bunch of snakes. And, you know, kind of typical music video kind of stuff, but it's very empowering. <laughs> so if you can't hear the lyrics, because it's because um, I don't know why you would hear the lyrics, <laughs> frankly. Uh, here are here are some of the lyrics. Okay, here we go. This is empowering stuff, guys. This is like Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> this right here is women fighting for the right to work. <laughs> Right here, what we are watching is women fighting for the equal right to talk about their wet-ass P-word. <laughs> so here are the actual lyrics. Okay, and this is, this is not demeaning to women in any way. It's not demeaning to women in any way. It doesn't turn women into sex objects. It doesn't make yeah, it men does. think of women 
in a in a purely sexual fashion. Oh my god! It, it, it is women empowering themselves. It is empowering. Here are some of the lyrics. Okay, right? here we go. Whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. Hold up. I said certified freak seven days a week. Wet ass people. <laughs> is that the whole thing? Uh, no, it's a fucking ad. Bad. So, okay. So what this is what I'll say. We just talked about how in male rap lyrics forever, and I'm fine with this as well, they talked about, you know, hoes and fucking and sluts and, you know, raw dogging and not pulling out. It, dude, Lil' Kim was doing this shit 25 years ago. I, I, I need Who a, cares? I need a Ben Shapiro reacts channel now. He, yeah, dude. Reacting and, shit like and this. Now, he needs to listen to Tip Drill by Nelly. Dude, and all, he wants to hear some And now all these shit. all these Ben Shapiro memes are coming out. One of them that Justin sent to us today, it was um, I, I, some woman, and it was... Um, Oh my god! I got hold on. I got to pull it up quick. I fucking died at this because he literally says there's no such thing as a wet ass p word. That's a medical condition. My wife's a doctor. Look, oh word, it's his wife. The levy, my Chevy. <laughs> but the dude, levy was dry. <laughs> yeah, dude. There's all kinds of. Why hold is on. it a Don McLean? I got to see if I can find a couple more of these because there's a few. Look, macaroni and cheese. He's mad. Then there's Ben Shapiro smiling, and it's fucking macaroni and cheese completely unboiled. Yeah, disgusting. Dude, there's so many of them that are fucking great. I, oh, it's episode two, Attack of the Clones. Oh, I don't, I don't like I don't like vaginas. They're dry and coarse and rough and irritating. They're, and they're everywhere. <laughs> and they're everywhere. <laughs> Dude, literally, it's, it's so fucking funny that... And listen... Ben needs to just stay in his lane. Like, entertainment is not really his field. He d disregards all rap in general. I mean, he's technically a classically trained musician. He's a very good musician, actually. Sure. But, come on. Yeah, so the song is called WAP, and it means wet-ass pussy. Good Do you even give a shit if, like, those two... Like, their whole game is their sex appeal. Who cares? Who gives a shit? I don't listen to it. I, I like, I didn't hear about this till literally five minutes ago. That's like, I, I don't know how you missed that, man. That's fucking wild. I'm good on it, man. Listen, I'm, I have, I have a pretty solid bullshit filter now. All right, let's see what happens next. Um, Dave Chappelle did one of his uh, shows out in Ohio, like we saw on his uh, YouTube special, and he actually brought Louis C.K. out to do a set. Good. And Louis got heckled. Um, he was like, what do you guys want me to talk about? It's like, talk about how you jerked off into the toilet in front of someone. Apparently handled it really well and crushed the set. But, I mean, listen, if Louis is going to be doing stand-up, he has to expect he's going to get heckled for this shit. If there's anyone that can come back from stuff like that. It's Louis. He's, he's one of the Louis. great. He's one of the greatest I mean, of all time. I mean, listen, man, he fucking asked Donald Rumsfeld to his face practically if he was a fucking lizard. Like, if, it's just Louis yeah, is one of the greatest comedians he's one, of our generation he, and of all time. He's one of the best comedic minds of all time, without question. And you could, if you watch his specials, he gets progressively better and mm -hmm. better and better. And then Louie was a good show, and Lucky Louie was a funny show. He was so good that fucking Dane Cook stole half his Dude, ad. you know what he was really good in? I just rewatched it recently, part of it with the landlord on TV. He was really good in American Hustle. Yeah, he was. He was actually really good in that. And I and I said, you got you should definitely check out his newest special. It's really, really funny. He was, listen, and I think SNL stinks now. Oh, it's the awful. The last two episodes I watched that I absolutely loved was when Eddie Murphy came back and hosted. Great. It was great. And then Louis C.K. Oh, dude, he went up there and Dude, he and fucking talked about what, wait, what was his monologue again about pedophilia yeah. he, goes, he goes you know it's something that you know everyone hates and they're gonna vilify you and if, i mean if you're doing it it's got to be pretty good because you know what's gonna happen if you get caught he said that in fucking snl oh, people TV. were so mad that, that was, was fucking amazing. great um so we were talking about music yeah. biopics before. You watch The Dirt. Um, we've had a lot in recent memory. By a lot, I mean Bohemian Rhapsody and and, uh, um, and, and Rocket Man. And I like Bohemian Piano Rhapsody. Man? Rocket Ew. Man. It was uh, yeah. That's, what? that's Billy Joel. That was like me saying Purple Rain instead of November Rain before. That's what um, I get. 
So um, I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. He was amazing. The live performances in it were great. The movie itself was average. Rocket Man, he was great. The movie itself was very average. Yeah. Um, but he was fantastic in it. Um, so... Now, do you remember if when Ray came out and then Walk the Line, and then there was like a kind of like a stream of like these music biopics? When Ray came out, Jamie Fox was Ray for three years. Yeah, after dude, that. I know, and never, I, and I'll forever say that Joaquin, even though Jamie Fox won Best Actor and Joaquin didn't, Joaquin was better because he actually sang and played guitar while Jamie Fox lip synced in Ray. Um, but it, he was still great in Ray. Uh, no, no doubt. I know that. So we had uh, Bohemian Rhapsody critically acclaimed, made a lot of money. Rocket Man critically acclaimed, made a lot of money. Just, I don't know. Bohemian now he's a good movie, but like Bohemian, it's incredibly overrated. He's amazing, it's but also, the movie itself—it's it's wrong. It's just it's, that's wrong. biopics almost always do it. But it's, it's very as a Queen fan, it really bothered me. He was great. There's no denying how good oh, he, he was, was as Freddie. He was amazing. That's my favorite part of that movie is like when he first meets Roger Taylor. I, again, didn't happen, but like when he comes out and, and he's singing, doing all right. Yeah. Like little part in the uh, in the fucking parking lot where they harmonize with him, fucking amazing. I yeah, and the show. live performances in it were fucking great. He looked like him too. Yeah, he was he was incredible. He was um, I, I Rocket Man, I didn't love, but he was really good in it, and I love Elton John's music, but it was also more of a straightforward musical. Like there's actual like musical like dancing scenes and shit in yeah, it. Sure. But he's great as Elton John. Okay, great as Elton John. If you like his music at all, and you like musicals, you'll probably like the movie more than I do. I'm surprised I haven't seen it yet, to be honest with you. Um, so now. I read yesterday that there is a biopic in the work works excuse me that uh, it needs to be rated R it needs to be exactly like the story was and it, it, it is it, is it like is it the biopic of uh, Limp Bizkit and Fred Durst no oh, no that needs to just that, I need Fred Durst to direct that I need that on <laughs> sci-fi channel but the one I'm talking about is a biopic of one Ozzy Osbourne it needs to be uh, bad. I, it needs to be rated R. It needs to be. You need. You can't gloss over anything. No. But like, okay. So like, who would you get to play Ozzy? That's a good question. I don't really know. Um, uh, there's also an Elvis movie in the works right now, which I'm very which excited I'm surprised for. Surprised they haven't done yet. They've definitely. They've made made for TV Elvis movies, but now it's getting the big studio treatment. Good. Um, the guy that's playing Elvis played uh, Tex Watson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He has the look for it. But an, uh, I don't know who you can get to play Ozzy. There's definitely going to be someone there that's fucking killer for it. But I want the entire general. Is I want I want Black Sabbath I want his I want Randy Rhodes dying it needs to be it has to be in it right it's a massive part I, I of want history. you know I want um the 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 bat head by accident I want the dove's head he bit off at the record label um I want you know all the way up to through the Osbournes. the Osbournes, the Osbournes, the really one of the beginnings of reality TV as we know it, and it was fucking funny. Yeah. One of the funniest episodes of the Osbournes. I don't know how much you watch of it, Taylor, but there is an episode where they were feuding with their neighbors. I know you watched it. Mm -hmm. They were feuding with their neighbors, and they just started throwing shit at them. And Sharon's like running inside. She goes to the fridge and she grabs like an old like holiday ham, and she goes, "This is his wife's cunt." <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy trying to use the remote. It was a funny fucking show, um, but uh. I will. I'm, I love Ozzy, so I'm definitely down for that, and I, I hope they do it justice. I, I would hope, like, obviously, because it's a biopic, so there's going to be a lot of stuff of him in the studio. Like, sure. I, I hope to highlight certain albums. Like, I hope you like Blizzard of Oz. You have to. Bark at the Moon. Uh, no, uh, no more lies. I Diary of a Madman. Yeah. Uh, no more, no more tears. No more tears. Yeah. I would think those are like those are like his quintessential. Yeah, for sure. Album. I mean, but then I need to see like again. This is me being the formation of Ozfest, shit like that. Ozfest. I need to see like them in a studio, him and Tony Omi and the rest of Black Sabbath. I need to see. I need to hear them come up with the paranoid riff. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I that. think that's I what they'll do. That. That was one of my least favorite parts of Bohemian Rhapsody is when the band is arguing, like they're fighting in the studio, and then the guy picks up the bass and you hear. 
dun, 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 dun. when he just magically like, wrote another one bites the dust. That I know. Happened. I'm like, because they were fighting, I'm like, mm. so stupid. Oh, so heavy handed. But uh, there's been some really good um, um, movies based on, you know, musicians' lives. You had uh, La Bamba was really good. One of the, gr- actually, I have a really good article in a little bit. Um, the, the Buddy Holly story with Gary Busey playing Buddy Holly is fucking fantastic. That's a hell of a person to Fan- play Buddy Fantastic. Holly. So I actually saw this article earlier. I shared it to our Facebook page. Um, the website that we really like, Consequence of Sound, yes. did a thing. Um, it was the 50 greatest rock and roll movies of all time. Now, it's not just movies based on rock and roll stories, just but in general, they have heavy No, no, like have heavy rock and roll soundtracks and okay. shit like that that they really made sure to use it. Now, there's some of these movies we'll know and some we won't. Is Rockstar number one? Well, we'll see. So number 50, I'll go over the movies that I'm pretty sure we all know, sure. or I'll just read through them. Number 50 is Baby Driver. Great yes. soundtrack. Music is a huge part of that. If you haven't seen Baby Driver, Josh, you'll fucking love Baby Driver. It's, it's good. Um, number 49 is Phantom of Paradise, Brian De Palma film. Pretty good one. Um, that Thing You Do, number 48. Awesome. I knew you'd love that movie. Uh, the Filth and the Fury, I don't know. Heavy Metal, the animated movie. Fucking great. Hell yeah. Um, Jailhouse Rock, Elvis. Got it. Great one. Forrest Gump, great fucking soundtrack. Yeah. The Buddy Holly story I just talked about with Gary Busey. Uh, big Time, Tommy, classic. Okay. Um, one of the original rock operas. Yeah. Um, Sing Street. The Man Who Fell to Earth is number 39. That's a really good one. Um, La Bamba, number 38. If you, La Bamba's fucking great, dude. Okay. About Richie Valens, that's fucking great. Sid and Nancy, number 37. Fantastic movie. Uh, what the fuck was his name? Who's the guy that played Sid Vicious? Gary Oldman? That one. I have a funny... So I have a funny... I know the story. No, the limo I, I, story. I just forgot. So when my father took... Commandeered. Um, yeah, he commandeered Gary Oldman's Gary limo. Gary Oldman's limo because Sid and Nancy was was debuting in the city. My father wasn't dating my mother at the time, so it was him. He and, was slinging dick. Oh, well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what my father was doing? He wore tight leather pants and shit. He was a That's weird hot. guy. So he, you know, he's walking around. And he's and he sees this limo. And he's knocking. It's him and his buddy Kevin, my my uncle Kevin. And he's knocking on. He goes, "Come on, man, take us for a ride." He goes, "Well." You know, I got like three hours, so I got to go pick up these guys at this movie. He goes, "All right, cool." So my father drank. All, <laughs> all, four or five bottles of Jack Daniels that were fucking Gary Oldman's, and him and his, and and that's and he's like, British. He wasn't happy about that, I'm sure. Yeah. It's Jack Daniels. The fuck you drinking single malt scotch, dude? Like, be fucking British for once, would you? All right, number thirty six. Maybe my favorite Adam Sandler comedy, The Wedding Singer. Wedding- I hated it when I grew oh. up, and then I loved it when I got older. It's so good. 35, 24-hour party people. Number 34. I don't know if you've seen this one. It's a Cameron Crowe movie, Singles. Dude, um, uh, what's his name? Fucking, uh, it's got like the whole grunge scene is actually in the movie. Chris Cornell's in it. Eddie Vedder's in it. But they're like small roles. Okay. It's a bit, almost like a, a, like a coming-of-age music story. It's fucking great. Nashville, end of the century. 31 is once. I don't know that. Um, I want to see what the higher up ones are because there's already some on here. I'm surprised they're this low. Number 29. This is a good movie. School of Rock. School of Rock is good. Good movie. I'm thinking uh, Almost Famous better be in the top 28. Three. Don't Look Back. Yeah, it's got to be top three. Uh, number 27. Justin just talked about this one. Inside Lou and Davis. Coen Brothers. Fantastic movie. I don't know that movie. Um, number 25. Rock and Roll High School. Yes. Uh, number 23. Great movie. The Commitments. Fantastic movie. 22. Back to the Future. Yeah. Great fucking soundtrack. Uh, number 21, The Last Waltz. Really good movie. Let's head to number 20 now. Oh, I pressed the wrong thing. Oh, Ass. You lost it. I lost yeah. it. Like, Hold on. I know what page I have to but go yeah, to. Yeah, no, to the Back to the Future thing. Just, just even in the first movie, just doing fucking Johnny Be Good was Dude, fucking phenomenal. Great. Um, where'd it go? I pressed the wrong. Oh, I, I got it. I did got you it. fuck I did. up? I, I fucked up again. You fucked up. I'm being a fucking you anus dick. You're an anus dick? Probably. 
You know what that means. Who's dick? You're... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> shut up. Uh, let's see. Number four, uh, number twenty. Greece. I can't argue with that. Number tw- here. Nineteen. Nineteen seventy nine. Elvis. That was directed by uh, John Carpenter. Okay. Um, Kurt Russell played Elvis. That's oh, a pretty. Wow. It's pretty. Number eighteen. Pink Floyd. The Wall. Mm-hmm. Number seventeen. Woodstock is fucking great. Yeah. Sixteen. Ang- Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Fifteen. Hard Day's Night. Yep. Um. 14, I don't know this one, Ladies and Gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. 13, Control's a really good movie. 12, Gimme Shelter, The Stones is fucking great. Okay. 11, American Graffiti, one of George Lucas's first big movies. Um, very, if you haven't seen American Graffiti, that's a fucking, you'd actually love that probably. Yeah. Number 10, Wayne's World. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, number 9, Dazed and Confused. Amazing. Number 8, The Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers is great. Number 7, High Fidelity. Yes. Number six, Stop Making Sense, a very good one. Number five, The Graduate. The entire soundtrack is Simon and Garfunkel. Number four, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Number three, Almost Famous. Number two, this is Spinal Tap. Hell yeah. And number one, Purple Rain. Hell yeah. I can't can't really argue with that. Um, That was a pretty good list. This is how you know they know what they're talking about. Like, Spinal Tap is number two. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the funniest fucking movies of all time. Did you hear Joe Montana on uh, Part of My Take? John Montana. I said Joe Montana. Joe Montana on Part of My Take. Oh, yeah. Uh, What he said about Rudy. I know, but he, uh, this direct quote. Tell part of my team. Was there a lot of things that happened? Yeah. He got in, he got a sack. Was the crowd chanting? No. Did I throw in my jersey? No. Did he get carted off the field or carried off the field? He got carried off by three of the biggest pranksters on the team trying to make a fool of him. Of course. I'm so happy. I, I hope more people realize Rudy's bullshit. I fucking hate Rudy. Why I hate, hate Rudy? Because I, it's bullshit. It pisses me off. And it's because my dad was a Notre Dame fan. And he fucking hated Rudy because he watched that game happen. He said it was bullshit. It didn't happen. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. But I don't, I don't like the idea that people think it actually happened. Oh. Not like that. Okay. Fuck Sean Astin. What has he done since Samwise? Nothing. Did you have, did you Stranger see, Things? Did you even see Fifty First Dates? I hated Fifty First Dates. You just, I did not like Fifty First Dates. I'm, like I said, I'm convinced you hate things that are fun. No, Fifty First Dates. Like. Is, do you like Fifty First Dates, Josh? Or is it fine? It's okay. It's 51st fine. Fifty First Dates is very fun. It's see, but I also don't like Mr. Deeds. What's, what's your problem? I was man? that was like when I got to that. See, this is the thing. I like Big Daddy now, but when it came out, I didn't like Adam Sandler starting to get serious. I like stupid Adam Sandler. Well, sure. I mean, you what you have? What you had? Like, uh, Dude, Boy, Billy Madison, Billy Happy Madison. Gilmore, Airheads. You had Airheads is great. Little Nicky. You, uh, dude. I don't like. Little I, Nicky. I love Little Nicky. And then when he started doing this like sentimental thing, like, did you like Mr. Deeds, Josh? Did that one do it for you? Or is okay. it just? It's okay. okay. Everything after Big Daddy is it's, okay. It's it's okay. He hasn't had many comedies that like Waterboy is a fucking classic. Yeah. He hasn't had many comedies that did it for me since then. Like Click I thought was alright. I started to grow into the... Click is well, alright the when the end of the movie is wasn't even well, fucking because real. they leaned in heavily to the drama rather than like teetering around it. That was hard like when he's when he's like... Oh dude it made me fucking cry when I saw it. It was fucking depressing. When he's in the rain going after his dad or his wife or no, whatever. When, when, yeah. yeah he went after his wife because uh, they, they moved on. When, even when his dad died and he found that. That was fucking depressing. I did like when he paused and he kicked Sean Aston in the dick but six like, times. Sean Aston, there you go. Click. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That, see, I didn't hate Click. I didn't hate Click at all. But see, Mr. It. Deeds and Fifty First Dates, I just, I, I didn't do it for me. And it was just such a, a silly formula. It was kind of like 
Alex Sandler was leaning into the, oh, aimless guy meets a girl. The girl's uh, a little damaged. I, the girl's a little damaged. She has fucking well, amnesia. And, but that no, was the same thing in uh, fucking uh, and Mr. Deeds. She, the girl had some issues. It was this and sure. that. It was just a recycled formula. And Mr. Deeds was almost too silly for me while trying to be dramatic towards the end. There were some parts I laughed at. It. Them singing uh, David Bowie on the plane or on the helicopter was, was funny. Steve Buscemi was funny in it. I, but, I still have a very vivid, like, first time I saw that movie, when the helicopter comes in, the Mandrake falls, and you hear Tom Petty's You Don't Know What It Feels. Yeah. That's like, again, that's, I love shit. Yeah, like that. that was at the age where just us being a couple years older, that's a huge maturity gap. You sure. know what I mean? Because we were in middle school, high school. You were still I was just in going. Elementary school. Yeah, you were in elementary school. It didn't have, like, those laugh out loud moments for me, like the other ones did. Steve and Buscemi. It, it, <laughs> Steve Buscemi. John Turturro was funny in Mr. Deeds. Yeah. I'm very, very sneaky. <laughs> yeah, like, that yeah. was funny. But the movie itself, like, the most memorable moments didn't make me laugh like it did other people. Like, like, don't worry, man. I'd like to change your sock. <laughs> um, let's see what else we have. Did you see this storm that hit Iowa? I don't know if you heard about this. It's called the, a Detero. A, it's a Detero. It's basically the equivalent of a hurricane that forms over land. It only lasted about 20 minutes. It was 115 mile per hour winds. It wrecked farms. It caused over 200 million, I think $200 million in damage That's in awesome. Iowa, where they only really have to worry about tornadoes, more or yeah, less. Right. And it, I, dude, the videos of this, you got to see some of it. It's fucking crazy. I, so I've been into like weird weather shit. I sent man. you a tornado today. I know you did. It was great. I've been into like watching weird weather shit. Like I even, uh, I, I downloaded the Discovery Go app. Okay, cool, watching, cool. It was watching Storm Chasers, like a motherfucker. Have you ever seen that show on Discovery? Yeah, dude, hell yeah. Storm Chasers is fucking excellent. Then I watched Twister. Of course. Okay, I don't even mention it in what I watch. No, I watch it's just it like, week. it's just on. Yeah, and then uh, oh, I watched another really shitty uh, made-for-TV movie with weather called Did you ever uh, see Night of the Twisters. Dude, I was just about to say, it with Devin Sawa. Awful. With Devin Sawa. It was, so, I, it's, when I was a kid, it was amazing. When I'm older, it's awful. Dude, it literally, um, because it's so funny. I was talking about this with Devin Sawa not that long ago on Facebook. I, I listen. I need to stop shit talking this guy because I'm sure he's a great dude. No, he is. He, dude, listen. He was in Little Giants. Like he's had a <laughs> fucking career. Yeah, man. He's had a fucking career. Get him on the show, dude. You have come on. I, I've I've talked to him about it. He said he's willing. I feel weird because he spent so much time with his family. Like, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, I don't want to be that dude. That's like I'm kind of friends with you and I'm gonna pull a friend card and it's like one of these things. He's offered. I, I understand. I, he said that if I ever want it and I want to do it, like I think next time he has like if he ends up getting back into Final Destination somehow, they do like a reboot or sure. whatever, then you do it. I, I didn't want to do it for the fanatic. <laughs> like, I, I was thinking about giving... I would have. I was thinking about giving you... What, you shit on it? Like, I did too? I'm not, not even shitting on it. I no. would have asked, like... I would have been like, yo, so like, what was the deal? Yeah. What what was it like working Wait, with Travolta? Why did you do this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, just can't, curious. Can't stay long, gotta take a poop. <laughs> um, dude, but he also did... Nosebleeds? Final... Nosebleeds, that's not good. Nosebleeds. I had a nosebleed. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> dude, like, I, I love Idle Hands with him. That's one I have to give you soon because you get a prime Jessica Alba in that one. Not wrong with that. Oh, my God. She, uh, she posted a stanky lake video a couple days ago with uh, her kids and her husband. It was the weirdest shit. I don't need to saw. see. You, you know the rumor about but why then, her career kind of died? I don't care. Well, didn't, didn't Dane Cook give her AIDS or something? No, that was a movie that they did together, Good Luck Chuck. Where, really? Yeah. Where? Oh, it, I it, thought that was like a biopic. No, she got herpes. Oh. And apparently that's why her career died because... So it's not based on a true story then? She got herpes from Derek Jeter. <laughs> So it was based on the true story. Kind of. I just got the, the people wrong. But no, the other... Cause so if like, she got AIDS from Dane Cook, Dane Cook looks great for having AIDS. Yo, did you, did you see his new wife? <laughs> no. She's like 20. And Man. he's like 100. 
It's like fucking 100. Yeah, I, it's a little... Listen, it depends on what 20 we're talking about. If you're on the, uh, the, the far side of 25 rather than the beginning of 25, like 20 years old, not that weird. Once you're 25, you're an adult. I don't care how old the fuck no, you No, I'm saying this. like she's 20. That's weird. And he's that's, like fucking That's weird because that's still a fucking kid. Like, I don't think you should be allowed to vote until you're 25. Legitimately, well, your change brain the voting laws. Well, your brain isn't fully developed Dude, until you're 25. I, I'm, I was a fucking moron at 25. I was a moron like yesterday. You know what it turns out? I'm the exact same fucking yeah, dude, person. I should not have been allowed to vote in my first time I was allowed to vote. And what did you, you write in poop head? Poop, I, I, wrote, I wrote hey poop butt. Hey poop butt. Um, but no, like I don't think 18 year olds should be allowed to vote. I think that they should be allowed to drink at 18. I don't think they should be allowed to vote until they own some type of their own property. I think you, you would change property. a lot of the problems. I still think we shouldn't be allowed to vote. Just us? Yeah, I mean us in general. I mean, an IQ I mean, test. Especially because it's going to be You know fraud. what I said the other day? I said I said the stupidest thing I think I've ever said. No, I've said a lot of stuff. No, I, I was going to say, so I, it's a bit I, of a stretch. We were talking about the... You blamed your car for you doing 105 miles per hour recently. <laughs> well, the we're... speedometer where 60 was is now right, 100. shut up. <laughs> it's still valid. Um, oh, shut up. We were talking about mail-in voting, and I was like, I can't wait to get my mail-in ballot. I'm not even going to write the person I'm voting for his name. I'm just going to write at Stool Presidente. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you're going to write in Dave Fortnoy? Fuck yeah. That's, I'm going to write in Dave Fortnoy. That's what no, I'm been... going to write in Big Cat. That's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, I'm just, you know what? Uh, no, who am I going to write in? Not Kanye. Fuck that. I'm going to pick someone. I'm going to write in Bill Paxton. There you go. He's dead. Who cares? <laughs> That's true. I'll write Harambe in, was written I, I, in and I, I, got 12% right, of the, uh, the popular vote. I'm, it was a gorilla that was dead. I'm writing in Bill Pullman. Yeah. <laughs> What, Bill Pullman. Come right, on. Actually I know, right, I, Thomas I, Whitmore. I, Thomas Whitmore. I know Bill Pullman is. The best part is when he starts talking like it's fucking seven miles for Sister Sarah. Uh, did you guys like people diving into the Hudson River? Oh. I fish in the Hudson River. You fish in it. You're not going in in a bikini. That would be a sight to see, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Imagine being a fuck up banana hammock. Oh, dude, hell yeah! And fucking the Borat bathing suit. Speaking of which, people got footage today of Sasha Baron Cohen filming as Borat. Oh, all right. Who is he gonna movie or is he like fucking someone? I wonder if he's bringing the character into this is America or who is America. Maybe. I because wouldn't be surprised. I think enough time has gone, gone along now where boomers forgot who Borat was, and he could probably get some of them. Because yeah. boomers are the demographic he should be going after. Because yeah. oh, I just see them on Facebook. Sure. Oh. That's what I'm trolling these people on Facebook about in the West Melford group, about mail-in ballots, and they get so fucking mad at me. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, like I said, more power to you for the patience, because I don't have time for that. And the other thing, I just completely remembered I watched now. I watched it today, actually. Uh, and it was so much more disturbing than the first one. It supersized me, too. Is so disturbing compared to the first one. I I had I took issues with Super Size Me. It was really good. It was a really good yeah. movie. But of course, his fucking health fell out of fucking favor. He ate nothing but the well, Super Size Meal for uh, three meals a day. I fucking, yeah, no shit, asshole. Well, here's the thing, and this is why Super, Josh got AJ's four days a week and put on sixty pounds. Super, super <laughs> like come on. Super Size Me too is so. It's like it's about the chickens, it, right? It, it's not. It's like, like it was more or less the first time around was more or less about like you know like them pushing unhealthy foods. We all kind the of sizes knew that. of things. It's the second one where they're talking about big chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is even more fucked. Yeah, they inject them with fucking steroids. And no, they, oh, no, they don't. They, they? they don't inject them with steroids. Everything that you see on the like on, on, on a Purdue package or on a Tyson package, no GMOs, free yeah, range, sure, sure. no hormones added. There, the, uh, the, there is no legal way to prove that there is no hormones added because the uh, the USDA is not federally funded, so they can't. They don't have the money to yeah, actually course. test everything. So they just don't. Yeah. And then you got 
these big corporations, they call it Big Chicken. <laughs> where, but the, it's and like then, the chicken fight from Family Guy? <laughs> no, it's, not, it's actually like the movie Chicken Run. Oh, okay, good. But no, so the, the fucked up thing about this movie, too, is that like it dives into this thing called the, um, it's not the honor system, but it's called like the, the tournament system. So they have all the chicken farmers out and wherever the fuck they are. And these big, uh, you know, these big companies push these farmers around and they like they force these people to stay. They're essentially indentured servants. So like if they speak out and say how fucked up the the, uh, the system is, they get blackballed and they don't get new flocks coming in of chickens. Okay. Or like if something goes disastrously wrong, like the chickens don't produce or a majority of their flock dies, the, the companies that gave them the chicken says well that's your fault it's not what we could do about it you're I believe that so you're to the bottom of the list it's just like everything else things that are supposed to be you know it's ultimately for people to eat and be healthy and relatively inexpensive they find a way to fuck up to turn into bigger business it's fucked up when you see that the industry like there's there's literally every major thing in America is a is a major industry where it's obviously Besides all prostitution baby it's, it's all wealth driven yeah of course for the most part but it's like something you you never think about and then on top of that he opens up his own thing called the Holy Chicken, where he's blatantly making fun of big oh, that's chicken. Funny. Dude, it's really, really good. It's it's significantly it's one of these situations the where I you know how they say you don't want to see how the sausage is made? I don't want to see how it's all done. So it, it, is, it horrifies me. It is a little disturbing when yeah. you see them, like especially the chicks of all things. Well, when you see how they treat these things, yeah. Like, oh, well, the average chicken um, ha- spends six weeks. It, well, I think the average lifespan of a chicken is like four minutes because most of them, like they once they're full grown, a full grown chicken, they just head off cook. Well, Have you ever seen the video that someone has a rotisserie chicken, right? And it's before they, you know, they fry it and everything, and they put this like gun into it, and the whole chicken goes. It's fucking awesome. It's, 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 it's delicious. It's, it's not awesome at all, dude. <laughs> but it's delicious. No, well, sure. I'll go get some cluck you right now. But what? I, but what? <laughs> Clucci? <I'm> saying is, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's one. Of, that's an all-time moment. But yes. It's something I very much recommend both you guys. Watching I'll check that out it, because it's again. The first one is about health. The second one, there's health mixed in, but you realize that the fucked up industry behind it and how I, these guys are $4 million in debt running these chicken farms, and they're at the mercy of these massive companies. I believe it's that fucked. entirely. It's um, totally fucked. Other news this week, uh, Judd Apatow is working with HBO on producing and creating a George Carlin documentary. Please. Very down. All of it. Um, we have a new Nas album coming out this Friday. Do we? Down. Yep. Okay. New Nas album. Canceled this week. Not a lot. Uh, Crystal Leah is uh, removed from Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, uh, replaced with uh, a woman, Tig Nataro, I believe her name is. Yes. Um, HBO Max added a disclaimer to the beginning of Blazing Saddles, which can't say I'm surprised by that. It's Blazing Saddles. Which is, listen, that, if that's fine. the least that disclaimer. you did, as long as you don't take it down, yeah. put a disclaimer up. That's and fine. the number one thing canceled this week, after 25 years... Is Internet Explorer. <laughs> Microsoft is finally getting rid of Internet Explorer. Good. At one point, I think it, I think just 15 years ago, 93% of Internet users were using Internet Explorer. Just when you think about it, too, 15 years ago, you were one of the cool people if you had a BlackBerry. Yeah, big facts. <laughs> True. And look where we are now. I feel like some of our friends probably still use Internet Explorer. I actually feel like some of our friends probably still use Netscape. Netscape. Ew, Netscape. I actually use Juno. Ew. <laughs> uh, Ew. That hurt, dude. I haven't heard that word in so long. Netscape? Painful. I feel like, I feel like Greg definitely uses Netscape. He definitely probably has Netscape. Oh, um, God, I feel like fucking Greg still uses like, the, what, like that fucking computer... Uh, George R. R. Martin uses the right fucking Game of Thrones. <laughs> he's, he's searching shit up on Alta Vista. Oh my god. <laughs> well, like, Firefox is the better browser. It's the safer no, browser. Here, here's Chrome. Is it? Me alone. Um... 
I was disappointed yesterday to see that they are rebooting The Exorcist. Yeah, why? Okay, that that one I'm not mad about. No, I'm not. I, I, know, I know you're mad about. It. I get it. It's one of the greatest horror films ever made. It still holds up yeah. perfectly. Hasn't aged. On top of that, there was just a damn good Exorcist series on Fox that got canceled. That ran for three seasons. It's on Netflix now. It's an awesome, awesome series. They're gonna turn this into a fucking Conjuring movie, yeah. and I like the Conjuring movies, but The Exorcist isn't supposed to be that. It's supposed to be this isolated, really intimate kind of setting, and they're just gonna fucking CGI it up. And isn't the stupid. first Conjuring movie like legit great, and then the other one? No, the second. That great? The, well, the first two Conjuring movies are actually really good. I, they're that's actually I, really, yeah. really good. Like I was shocked for big budget horror. They're really good. The spinoffs are not good. The, uh, the Annabelle movies and the the Curse of La Lenorna. They're that's, not. They're not very good. That sounds but about right. It, it's kind of crazy that when you think about it when you're talking about all these expanded universes now Marvel DC uh, they tried the universal monster universe with, with the mummy I wish that, they nailed that because they did it could have been sick it could have been great but the conjure there's a conjuring universe and all of them have made a lot of money and it, they're based on re, quote unquote real stories like they're based on the Warrens who are real people um, which is pretty wild um, the last thing I had Josh I sent this to you before on Twitter I sent you a tweet of this I want before Josh plays this out. I need you to hear the worst shit talking of all time. Like just uh, it's it was or? it was a fight Mike Tyson was having. It was his first fight out of prison. He's fighting a guy named Peter McNeely. I believe Peter McNeely was his name, who had no business fighting Mike Tyson at any point, even coming out of prison. And he decided to get up there at the presser and uh, do some promo work. This is the single worst shit talking of all time. It's painful. It upsets me, and it excites me simultaneously. You believe it, you see it, you achieve it. Yeah. Fuck off. See it, de- do it, know it. Feel it. All right, go for it. I want to hear it. I already hate it. On Saturday night, watch me kick Tyson's ass. <laughs> He's writing a poem. Thanks. Remember what happens when I wrap you in my cocoon. Yeah. <laughs> Protect yourself at all times. I expect a tough, clean fight. Oh, this is just the fight now. Oh. It, it, it goes very bad um, for him. Mills Lane? Yeah, Mills Lane. But one of the things he says where the media is like, you guys think I'm a joke. Well, I say, you got a big dump in your pants. Oh. He said, I'll rap, but the way he says cocoon, wrap you in my cocoon. And he stares at him. It is painful, and he gets uh, his corner throws in the towel after I think can like I, nine seconds. You get wrapped in his, you get wrapped in his cocoon with the butterfly or something. Um, and last thing, uh, by the way, the last thing is we're having a much better week than Sonya Deville. <laughs> that's not that was not even yeah. funny, man. No, that's, that's like that's legit scary. Thank God her and Mandy Rose were okay. Um, beyond you know they're 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 nice to look at that their lives are okay because that is some scary shit, especially when well, you see that this guy's Twitter account. It was is, fucking creepy, dude. I told you to, to read some I looked, of his I tweets. Looked, I looked it and now she sh- some of the DMs that he was sending her was leaking out. Like he was outside her house and she finally saw the DMs and like, I'm right on your patio. I can hear you upstairs. And uh, they, they better, she probably needs to move because there's no way a psycho like this is going to stop. And in oh, Florida, sure. there's, in Florida, they just let people like that back out. They're, 100%. That, that's, that's a Florida man. That's 100%. So when I was living in Florida for the little bit, there was um, apparently like in the area I was living because I, I was in uh, Jensen Beach. Yeah. Um, apparently not too far up the road, there was a mental asylum. Yeah, or some sort sounds of, about right. And there were helicopters. There were fucking squad cars everywhere. Do you think they and should just make looked, the state of Florida a mental asylum? Just li- listen. Don't don't 
don't build the wall. Don't, don't <laughs> build the wall around Tallahassee and you, you, and down. You, you build you build the wall across the Panhandle, yeah, yeah, the Panhandle, Florida and yeah. Louisiana. Fuck that. The state. real Florida Georgia line. <laughs> you know, or, you know what made me mad when I figured that out. I'm like, they literally just named their fucking band of yeah. off, off the border. It was fuck painful. off. Oh, all right, Watch guys. Unsolved Mysteries this week. Watch the aliens thing. Dude, aliens how great exist. was that first episode of that I with that dude that definitely killed that guy? I want to fucking. Throw I it. fucking tweeted to that company. Did you about that guy? <laughs> and they blocked me That's instantly, awesome. dude. Uh, it was. Dude, it's the, great the, though. The alien one in Oh, it's, it's fucking wild. Fuck out. Because you know why? Because when he described he was getting abducted, I'm like, this is literally Close Encounters of the Third Kind. This great is movie, great movie. Yeah, dude. Oh, I told you to watch Fire in the Sky at some point. You'll like that. The, the one with the crazy alien abduction scene I that I told you about. Yeah, Fire I think it's on Prime. Fire in the Sky. All right, guys, this was episode 115 of You Watch, I Listen. Movie pick this week is Boy State. And my album pick was definitely not Chocolate Rain. <laughs> it was uh, At the Gates, Slaughtered to the Zoom. All right, guys, we'll see you next week, you so fucking asshole. And others feel the pain, Chocolate Rain. Take a dump into my pants and get chocolate rain. <laughs> Stupid.